last podcast. That's this show. That's the one we're on right now. Yeah, put your babies to bed and slap your mama on the head. Oh my god. <laughs> it's 2020, I guess, now. It's 2020, today. baby. We're doing this episode on New Year's Day, because that's how committed to Star Trek we are. Yeah, we should both be so hungover that they're burying us thinking we're dead, and we have to claw <laughs> out of our own graves later, but we didn't for you but guys. We didn't. we didn't do that. I've been there, though. I've had those hangovers. <laughs> uh, this is a Star Trek book club, for all intents and purposes, where uh, we also talk about wieners and butts a lot. Yeah, weirdly enough, I mean, that comes up a lot, and I don't know what it is about Star Trek. It's definitely not us. No. It's gotta be Star Trek. Neither of us ever mention wieners or butts outside of this podcast, so it's <laughs> yeah. really strange. Me? Talk about butts? No. Never. never. Josh hates butts. I don't know why he would ever talk about them. <laughs> I hate them so much that... That's where uh, the poop comes I love them. <laughs> <laughs> That's where the poop comes from. I'm Jeff. I'm Josh. Uh, if you haven't listened to M-Class before, every two weeks we sit down with a piece of Star Trek media. Hopefully one day we'll actually read a fucking book for once. <laughs> Damn. And uh, we pick it apart, decide if it's great, or J.J. Uh, Abrams could have made it. Nice. That's the scale we run. <laughs> From great to Abrams. We pride ourselves on being a podcast that's equal parts comedy humor and all that type of good jazz and uh just genuinely dissecting media and you know giving our true honest opinions not what the man wants us to say <laughs> the star trek man the star trek man <laughs> pushing his star trek agenda on us with his lasers and his guns oh my god he's got both <laughs> Yeah, he's got both. He's so scary. Black hole planets. Um, We're talking about J.J. Abrams again. Of course. Fucking J.J. Abrams. Isn't he great? Isn't he so good at lasers in space? (laughs) (laughs) Nick said something after we saw Rise of Skywalker that I totally agreed with immediately. Because there's parts in that movie that are like the Goonies. Not to spoil it, but whatever. And uh, he was like, oh, he's trying out for Indiana Jones. And I was like, god damn it. I was like, you're right. You're fucking so right. Eventually, he's going to be the director of everything you've ever loved. Isn't that the worst thing you could think of? I mean, yeah. I mean, Disney's already doing that. Eventually, he's just going to, like, single white female Steven Spielberg and start dressing like him and, like, put a beard (laughs) on his face. Uh, Maybe he'll be a good director then. Oh. On this episode of M-Class Podcast, we're going to be talking about the TNG Season 5, Episode 23, iBorg. Is that a reference to iRobot, right? Probably. By what's-his-name? The Bookman? Uh, Heinlein? Is Is that Heinlein? Yeah, I I get... Asimov did iRobot. Yeah, they all blend together, honestly. Um, Someone's, uh, like, screaming at us right now. It's, fuck you! How dare you! Heinlein was not as prolific! He had a beard, goddammit! They were different! (laughs) They were different people! (laughs) Uh, Iborg, I argue, and I think, and Josh definitely agrees with me, should be right up there in the upper (laughs) echelon of Star Trek episodes. Yeah, I, like, forget about this one a bunch. Oh, yeah. Which, for whatever reason, um, I don't know why, but 
Yeah, this one's great. Like, I, I rewatched it, and I was like, oh, no, this is, like, maybe one of the best ones ever made. Yeah, like, it's strange, quietly. isn't it? Every time yeah. I watch it, I'm like, fuck, this is, like, way better than I remember it being. This is yeah. fucking amazing. When I remember it in my head, I just remember Hugh and, like, all the Hugh shit, and I'm like, ah, Hugh's kind of, like, boring. But then I'm like, nah, this is good as fuck. This and then, like, good. And then, like, you get into, like, the what it means for the universe and all that, and, uh... I think, like, with Picard coming out, we're going to see a little bit of where this went. Okay. I know you do in the game, and online you, you do see in, where this goes. Uh, TNG as well. Do you remember yes. the episode with uh, Lore and the, yeah. like, Borg exiles? His Borg club? His Borg book club? His Borg yeah. buddies. Yeah. Damn. That. You know, like, Muppet Baby-style shit is coming back because of Baby Yoda, right? <laughs> what about <laughs> Borg buddies? <laughs> We're like wrestling buddies, but they're Borg. Yeah, exactly. They're like air buddies, but they're Borg. What was air buddies? What was air? I don't remember air, air buddies. Air buddies is the sequel to the Air Bud series. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was a toy. Oh. There was like a movie series where they save Santa or whatever. Oh, wow. He went from playing basketball to saving Santa? Well, he dies. He's like a dog, so he dies. But his his children stay puppies forever somehow. And they're in a million sequels. How did they get that to work? I don't know. Ma- Santa magic? Is that what happened? Santa. Yeah, he, they save Santa so they get to live forever, just like Kiss. That sounds like a curse, like in uh, Interview with a Vampire when Kirsten Dunst is a child and she gets turned and they're like, yeah, you shouldn't be alive because like, little kids shouldn't be vampires. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> Well, yeah, you can't enjoy any Skyrim of that. Skyrim as well. And yeah, what's her brotherhood. name? God, what's her fucking name? Her name is Little Girl Vampire. Arabelle or something like that. It's such an A, I think. Annabelle Rises? Annabelle. I think it might be Annabelle. Um, or is- Iborg first aired May 11th, 1992. And it was directed by uh, Robert Liederman, who yeah. uh, everyone knows is a very yeah, Robert famous Liederman. director. Who, yeah, let's uh, look at what he did. <laughs> directed two episodes of TNG and wrote uh, two episodes of Deep Space Nine and one of Voyager. However, his big claim to fame is editing 128 episodes of Star Trek. He edited them. That's uh, that's awesome. Yeah. For 33 TNG, 17 Deep Space Nine, uh, 44 Voyager, God rest his soul, and 34 <laughs> Enterprise. He made it through Voyager? <sighs> That's wild. Wait, it says he did 50 Voyagers. Did you just say 50? Uh, I said 44. Oh, this says 50. We're looking at different yeah, things. Yeah, I'm looking at the memory alpha, so yours is probably 100 times more accurate than mine. He also is. was in the editorial department of Popeye, the movie with oh Robin my God, Williams. That movie's so good. And Flashdance, which is the movie where what's her name gets drenched in water, and that's the only thing I think that happens in that movie. She's Did you know and like I've seen that movie exactly one time when I was a kid. Yeah, me too. Uh, did you know that she is a steel worker, and it takes place in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania? <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah, during her day job is a steel worker, and she gets a uh, job at night being uh, a not stripper. She's right, a, she's, she's not a stripper. A go-go dancer, or right? Something. Not a stripper. Now they would make it; it would be better. She would be a stripper, and yeah. it would be more interesting because, like, that's the story, right? No, I've seen Showgirls. 
Showgirls. <laughs> I mean, I don't know where you're going with this, but Showgirls, you mean the greatest movie ever made, Showgirls? Sure. <laughs> I confuse Showgirls and Wild Things. Remember Wild Things? I don't, actually. Uh, Denise Richards and Nev Campbell and... All those Denise Richards movies just yeah. fucking blend together. Denise <laughs> Richards, I think you see her boobies in it. The one where Tammy and the T-Rex, that's one. It's the same one. What's that one? It's when she falls in love with this guy who gets resurrected as a T-Rex. Wait. What? <laughs> <laughs> Hold the phone. Yeah, it's, what? A, it's a real movie from the 80s. Like, well, It's actually from the 90s because it was riding that whole like Jurassic Park wave. Oh, right. They had to like exploit the dinosaurs yeah. for all they're worth. So they have this like terrible animatronic dinosaur that is on a platform. Like, there's a whole red letter, like a best of the worst episode oh, okay. about it because it's terrible. But I had yeah. seen it on TV already. Wow. I've never heard of this. It's terrible. I, I used to watch a movie we had on VHS called Baby. And it was about uh, these jungle guys find a baby brontosaurus, or Diplodocus, if you will, because brontosaurus is not real. I think they went back on that. I think they, they said it's real again. Brontosauruses are real. I mean, can you fucking pick one? Is Pluto a planet or what? Because let's go. Well, Pluto being a planet is like fucking like you're the height of just being a prick over something for no reason. Yeah. Like, just, it's a planet, right? This is like, like they just keep white. finding new bones, and they're like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, I guess they're just finding it. I'm just going to call him Diplodocus, because yeah. it's funny. It's a funny word. Diplodocus. God, you're such a Diplodocus. Oh, my God. That's cutting. That is cutting. <laughs> That's. I think Mike said that one time when we were at a convention. He called somebody a Diplodocus. And we, like, lost our minds because we were high as fuck. <laughs> uh, another fun fact about Robert Lederman. Uh, he, this, this article for him is hilarious to me because it's talking about all the movies and shows and stuff he did. And at the very end of it, the cap, the little pin in his cap at the end, it says, he also directed the MacGyver episode, The Widowmaker. <laughs> wow. What a cherry on top of an incredible career. <laughs> oh, my God. How many awards did he win? Because I don't think it's enough. All He should have won all of them. <laughs> oh, he did also, he win apparently... my favorite editor? Yes, he did. He was uh, an editor on the, the Dead Zone TV series. Oh, uh, with um, with Guy from uh, yeah, Garlic 16 Jr. Candles. Garlic Jr. <laughs> <laughs> was Garlic Jr. in that? Yeah, Garlic Jr. was in that one with his Spice Boys. <laughs> Fucking love Dragon Ball so much. Anyway, uh, <laughs> all right. I mean, I would watch the fuck out of that. So, I mean, yeah, Garlic Junior. Yeah, fuck yeah, I love that guy. Um, Why is he garlic and they're the Spice Boys? Because garlic is a spice. It's not. It's a plant. <laughs> I don't know. They're not. Vegetable. They're definitely not called the Spice Boys in Japan. I'll tell you that much. Was it like a play on the Spice Girls? Was that the yeah, idea? Yeah, that was the idea. They are yeah. named after spices, though, so there, it wasn't like a fucking leap. Like Pepper. Well, I don't remember their names. What are their names? They're, Cayenne. Uh, I don't, I don't, even I don't know that. 
Yeah, because nobody liked the Garlic Jr. sagas. No, fuck that guy for real. Like the the intermission sagas. You can go to the you can go to the concession stand. <laughs> this is not important. We'll be back with Cell. Cell will be back. Yeah, we'll be good. Just uh, hang out long enough, and you can watch Sailor Moon afterwards. Just fucking sit yeah. through it. Tuxedo Mask. <laughs> that was a character on it. Um, Sailor. Which one was the hot one? <laughs> uh, all of them. Uh, Jupiter? Was that the one Ju- that I liked? Jupiter was, like, the tomboy, who was, like, taller than all the rest of them. Oh, she had the crop cut. Maybe, well, I was into that in the 90s. Uh, that was a big deal. She had the ponytail. Like Jupiter the, did. Jupiter had the had the ponytail, like, the high pony. Like, Let me just look this up. Mercury, Mercury had, like, the bob cut. She was my girl. Oh, she was Mercury. the Mercury. Yeah, I, okay. Yeah, Mercury was... She had the sword or the dagger. She had uh, fucking anyway Star Trek. Uh, this <laughs> uh, this episode was written by uh, our old friend Rene Eshivaria. Uh huh. Who um, you may know as having written forty one fucking episodes of Star Trek. That's a lot. Oh, there's some gems in there. Oh, there's some gems. Uh, I Borg is one. If you haven't heard of that one, that one's pretty. Oh, good. that one. We should do that one next. <laughs> Um, he actually wrote The Descent Part 2, which I think is the sequel, one of the sequels to this. Oh, right. He liked this character a lot. Um, but he also wrote Lower Decks, which is one of the best episodes of TNG. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, he wrote 23 episodes of Deep Space Nine, including Trials and Tribulations. Nice. And, uh, Covenant, which we just watched not too long ago. Uh, I totally remember what that was about. I'm definitely not clicking on that to find out what it is. Yeah, right now. definitely remember. Oh, it. it's the one where uh, Kira gets kidnapped and she is like Dukat's the leader of the Pa Wraith cult, and he oh, impregnates right, that lady. Right, the cult one. The one where we were like, oh, we're living in this now. <laughs> oh, this is we live in a cult. Who knew? <laughs> yeah, weird. Um. Like, straight out the gate, I wanted to cover the fact that uh, this might be the most criminally underrated episode of Star Trek ever. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, like, I don't remember... I, like, it's never on my lists of, like, great episodes, but I, it should be, maybe, I think. Because this is, like a, like, a really good, purely Star Trek episode. Oh, yeah. There's, there's not a whole bunch of shooty-go-bang-bang. There's no yeah. space battles. It's all... Right. Conversations, all dialogue, and yeah, and which, and philosophy and yeah. humanity, which is exactly what people look at Star Trek and go, "Ew, I don't like that." Where's the space shooties? Where's the laser beams? Where are the the four Death Stars? I need more exploding planets. Nothing <laughs> matters unless a planet explodes. It's true, you got to keep ramping up those fucking. Uh, stakes. They gotta keep getting higher and higher. There are no emotional stakes unless my planet's going to blow up. That's all I know. True. Rest in peace, Vulcans. Yeah. Um, Fuck you. Fuck you, JJ. I think it's important to uh, point out that this episode is part of Rich Master's Captain's Failing collection. Oh, yeah. And when I was thinking about this episode, I remembered Picard being 
a dickhead for far shorter of a period of time than he actually takes, is in the episode. It takes him a good 75% of the episode to get to the conclusion of, yeah. oh, maybe we should not commit genocide. Yeah, he's straight up like, everybody's like, oh, are you sure we should be committing genocide? Yeah. And he's like, yes. Yeah, what I like about it is, like, you get to see a little bit of that, like, first contact angry Picard, like, where he... Like, the Borg have, like, seriously fucked him up, oh, right? Yeah. Like, he's got like PTSD like a motherfucker. Yeah, he's traumatized, but, like, he's Picard, so he's like, I'm fine, which is classic Picard. Yes. But uh, you get to see that angry, like, revenge. Like, he really wants revenge. There's a part, well, when we talk about it, I'll, I'll get to it, but there's a part where uh, Patrick Stewart deserves, like, an Oscar for acting. He like, he deserves one in general. He's so fucking yeah. good. He, he, he this episode particularly is like, all right, this guy is amazing. <laughs> like, like you you understand where every character is coming from in this episode, which is very difficult to do in an episode about attempted genocide, right? <laughs> right, right. How do I understand why somebody would want to commit genocide? Like, right? are the Borg a species in the way that we think of them, or are they, like, an invasive virus in the way that Picard is thinking of them? Yeah, like, what's the, uh... Yeah, what's the... What's the line, right? Like, because doctors... Ironically, in this, the doctor's, like, sort of the voice of reason, but doctors with viruses, like, they have no compulsion in this time period of just eliminating the virus. Like, kill it all. Fuck it, right? like, 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 Crusher's entire ideal is that she helps those who are in need regardless of who they are or what the circumstances are yeah and this is an extreme circumstance uh at least in the eyes of everyone else she's basically bringing a mindless killing machine on board and pretending it's a human being yeah Worf is like kill it now and make it look like an accident i laughed so hard at that i was like talk about those fucking starfleet morals Worf. (laughs) Just like make it look like a suicide. Maybe it was an electrical thing. Put the phaser in his hand after you shoot through his head. (laughs) Get those prints off. off. (laughs) No, he puts not what he does. He puts the phaser in his hand, takes another phaser out, vaporizes that phaser, then puts that phaser in the hand again. There we go. Perfect crime. Wait, wait. Oh, shit. I gotta get a third one. (laughs) I'm running out of phasers. (laughs) (laughs) Lieutenant Worf, why are we out of phasers right now? I I don't know. (laughs) Things needed to be done, Captain. Um... I think that's a good a good moment for us to take our first break, our, our yeah. leading break of the episode. And we'll talk about the actual episode. Well, yeah, when we get back, we'll jump into our recap of the episode and give you some of those juicy deets. <laughs> <laughs> juicy deets for my juicy teats. <laughs> uh, we'll be right back after these messages. After the messages... We'll be right back. Ghostbuster bulletin. Ghosts are attacking the Statue of Liberty. Ghostbusters are at the sea. Look out, Ray. It's slime time. Each sold separately. We've been slime. Let's clean up, Lewis. Now we're fighting clean. Take this, you squirt. Slime again. Wait. Oh, yeah. It's neck. And don't bomb to the rescue. Bombs away. Gotcha! And the Ghostbusters have saved the day! Back to the show. Whoa, 
welcome back, folks, from those good messages. Hopefully you uh, either learned something, had a little bit of a nostalgia break, or we finally made some fucking money off of this shit. If only we could do both, all three. You said three things. <laughs> if only we could do both three. <laughs> all both three. So, this episode begins innocuously, as so many episodes of Star Trek do, where the mm. Enterprise is just doing some science shit in a star system they haven't been to before. The Argolis Cluster. Yeah. Which comes up a bunch. They love this fucking Argolis Cluster. It's, like, right at the edge of Federation space, and they're charting it because they're considering it for colonization. It's not just, like, all oh, science-y shit. This has yeah. some sort of stakes to it. I guess they kind of, like ditch that idea after they find what they find yeah <laughs> probably wouldn't be a good idea they uh they pick up some sort of a signal that doesn't correspond to any federation symbol signal they've ever seen uh-huh. and they think you know maybe it's a distress call because they're the federation and that's what they do there are several moments in this episode that i'm gonna hopefully remember to point out that are super fucking federation and i love and yes. this is one of them that they immediately think that they don't think, oh, it's a trap or right. it's like an enemy sending out a signal or it's a it's going to take our wieners off when we get there. Yeah, which, yeah. Well, Guinan talks about that, even the wiener thing <laughs> later when she's like, hey, you, you felt sorry for me. And what did it get you? Right. Yeah. Like, which is like, man, like this, you, I forget about this and how important this episode is in terms of star trek like lore building and like the way the federation is is like the federation is what some would consider naive but like is it though because i don't know it's naive from the viewpoint of somebody that's been burned before they've been burned too many times and they sort of close themselves off right but like maybe being a little naive is like what humanity needs Oh, absolutely. And not, not naivete and, like, a ignorant, but, like, a like just allowing things to progress without the illusion that you're controlling them, right? Oh, yeah. That's a great way to put it. I was I was just going to say, like, without thinking everyone's out to get you, but right. You're, you're right. It's, uh, it's 100% like letting control go. Like, I don't need yeah. to know how the situation's going to turn out. I don't right. need to pre-prepare. I just need to let it happen. We just, doing the right thing in the right moment will ensure that later on down the line, the right events will occur. I guess it's karma, right? Like, that's like karma, I guess. It's like a, I feel like being naive is like a good trait in a lot of ways. Like, yeah, there's, there's always that character in everything who's like a little bit more naive who like is the one who fosters relations between enemies because they're the ones yeah. that are willing to give it a chance. They're always, like, the chosen ones. Like, I mean, pick any any story, like, Avatar, right? Like, he's naive of the Na'vi, and then I he's the one who saves them. The Last Airbender. I've never seen that, it's but I'm good. sure... It's pretty good. I was I thought you were going to be talking about Aang, who's, like, very friendly and kiddish and naive. There you go. Well, that yeah, that works, too. And by the Luke end of Skywalker, the, yeah, by the Solo. end of the series, like he creates allies out of everybody. Well, I mean, it's right. like the classic like kids anime thing where like the right. the good main character is like really friendly and naive, and right. And that's what that's what, like you said, that's what brings people together is they find that commonality in that person, very Christ like. Yeah, 
Well, the Federation leads with the open hand for the handshake. Yes. They don't lead with like but the, the fists. fists. Yeah, like a like a airbender because he punches people, right? <laughs> uh, probably at least I don't know. Actually, there might have been like FCC rules against that. Does he punch him with air? He does punch them with air. That happens there you a go. lot. That's that's the same. <laughs> well, um, they. Uh, Riker, Worf, and Crusher head down to the planet because they think it's a distress signal. They're going to need a doctor. And there's no one else on board besides all the highest-ranking officers, so they all go down. (laughs) (laughs) They can't send anyone else to be a doctor. And uh, they find a crashed starship and only react to them being Borg when they see the Borg corpses, even though the starship is just a tiny Borg cube. (laughs) It's as little. It's like a little thing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But they do find a living Borg drone. Yeah. And uh, Picard is like, get the fuck off that planet now. Yeah, come back here. And then that's when Worf is like, let's kill it. Kill it. Make it look like an accident. That's so fucking funny. Like, I laugh so hard. It's hilarious. It's actually hilarious. (laughs) And Riker is kind of just like, Okay. What? <laughs> Riker's like, yeah, okay. Like, every time somebody comes up with a plan, he's like, yeah, do that. <laughs> he is, like, in this episode, Riker is, like, basically just set dressing. He doesn't yeah. do anything in this episode. Well, the thing is, Riker, during this episode, has no idea what to do and is trying his hardest to make certain no one calls on him in class. <laughs> he didn't do his homework. No, I think what it is is he remembers the last time the Borg were around. He's like, man, fuck all that. I ain't trying to do that again. I, I could I could feel that, too. But I just he has this look on his face like, don't call on me. Don't call on yep. me. Don't call on me. Don't. Didn't do the reading. Don't, don't call on me. Don't even know what a Borg is. Don't call on me, please. <laughs> Maybe he just subbed out with uh, Thomas Riker. <laughs> Thomas Riker's like, I have no idea what's going on right now. Thomas Riker is pretending to be Riker like, God, please, nobody talk to me. I don't know what Riker (laughs) sounds like. Please. Is this how he talks like this? In his head, it's just him. Um, uh, Crusher is like, no, this is like a living being and I can't leave it here to die. Mm -hmm. And Picard's like, fine, I'll bring it on board, but it's going to be in a holding cell. And Crusher's like, but... And he's yeah. like, go fuck yourself, Beverly. Yeah, I mean, that's smart, because, like, you don't fucking know. And, like, one Borg can just, like, screw everything up. It's it's yeah. a disease. It's, it, in that sense, it is, a, like, a virus, where it's, like, you can't just, like, be walking around with fucking smallpox. You know what I mean? Like, you gotta, how con- like... How convenient, Josh. I fucking love when <laughs> Crusher says that, too. Like, how convenient. Oh, yeah, no. It's, it's brutal, man. She's... <laughs> It's it's a great line too. She's oh, like yeah. fucking like cold as ice in this episode, and I love yeah. it. She just keeps shutting people down left and right. Yeah, she's real redheaded, and that's it's pretty amazing. <laughs> You're like, oh yeah, there it is. Um, uh, they they like beam him into the holding cell, and he just starts like walking around, pressing the walls, trying to find some way to interface with the ship to escape because. At this point, his Borg signals have been all cut off. He cannot reach the Collective anymore. Yeah. It would be... I, I can't even imagine what it would be like, because the idea of having a million voices in my head sounds like pure fucking hell, but he dug it. He was a big fan. They're all big fans of it. Um, it's... 
it's you said like out on, during the break you were watching the matrix and it's very much like the matrix right like later on especially where they're like well what if we not to spoil it but like what if we like just gave him like the idea that like being free is a thing you know and that hopefully cascades into more yeah of it's, them. it's like creating your own virus right yeah the virus of freedom the virus of individuality instead of what they were going to do which was the virus of murdering all yeah. trillions of them <laughs> we which, find all that out like much later yeah that's way later yeah but but uh that's a good it's a good point to bring up there are some parallels here which yeah. i'm sure like the matrix was like a comic first i guess but i don't think that has a whole lot to do with the movie yeah, the no, I think I, yeah, I think the Wachowskis mentioned had like Star Trek as like some type of a fucking right. thing they were into. It's not like the main uh like impetus for the Matrix. So the Matrix is more like just like anime. Ghost in the Shell for sure. Is, oh yeah, like, for sure. The main like thing, right? It's like the opposite side of Ghost in a Shell, where Ghost in a Shell is like humanity has like become one with machines. Right, we've and- merged. Like the, telling the difference is almost impossible at this point, and the yeah. Matrix is like, you don't want to do that. Yeah, that's bad. <laughs> um, Picard like sort of leaves the uh, the deck. He just he sort of leaves um, the bridge, just goes into his ready room, and Troy kind of follows him in because that's her job. Yeah, her job is to annoy the shit out of the captain. No, she has a lot of fucking great points, and Picard's no, just she like, does. I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. Yeah, she I mean, obviously you don't need to be an empath to see that he's like not handling this very well. He's not yeah. his usual Picard self. But she, she comes in with like the velvet glove as well. She's not like Captain. Like I'm the ship's counselor, and I can tell there's something wrong with you. Right. She comes in and she's like, you know, if you need someone to talk to, I'm concerned that like this is all be very familiar to you because of your experiences. Mm-hmm. And he just keeps shutting her down left and right until yeah. she finally just gives up and leaves. And Sorry, a cat just jumped on top of me. Get down. We'll record. <laughs> I'm keeping this in. Get down. It's fine. I should have shut the door. But at at some what? point, there's going to be a cat screaming bloody murder in the background where my two cats start fighting. <laughs> so Yes. Uh, Make it look like an accident. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the Borg has damaged implants from the the crash. Like his, his yeah titty implants exploded, so they got to put <laughs> new ones in. So that's we learned that's how they eat, right? Is like they they have like little replicators, I guess what you could call them, like in their in their in their skin and their implants, and it just gives them the things they need. So if they need like vitamin C, yeah, the implant just takes whatever organic matter whatever the fuck and just turns it into vitamin c and it's fucking awesome extremely bad at it because they all look like horrible shambling dead zombie men yeah they look a lot better now than they do later (laughs) when they're in the movies they look like rotting corpses with like tubes in them although there is a shot where like they're showing all the dead borg corpses and like one of the borgs just has a hole in the top that shows the brain the brain yeah and i was like is that because of the crash or was that just a style is it like a hot rod you just took the hood yeah, off like, look at my engine i yeah. couldn't imagine how much a stiff breeze would fucking hurt though right <laughs> yeah no it had to be because of the crash but also they showed a brain on tv which is like whoa whoa that's what it whoa. looks like inside my skull cool 
It's all juicy and like. <laughs> um. So the like Jordy is gonna replace these uh, damaged implants, and they come up with the idea to basically create a virus that they're gonna like insert into the new implants that he won't be yeah. able to detect that will completely destroy the Borg Collective. Like, yeah. obliterate it. Which sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's a great plan. Like, there's, there's like, it's a flawless yeah. plan, for sure. Yeah. But it is genocide. Yeah, yes. It's, um, there's some very large ethical and philosophical questions that need to be addressed if we're gonna go do this. Which is basically what this episode is about, right? It's it now that's the main crux of where we're at now is like is it fine to do this because like, the Borg are our enemies, they're we're at war with them. I, I guess we're at war with the Borg in the same way that humanity is at war with illness or death and, and you know like sure. is it really war? Who I don't know. I don't know it, the answer to that. It, it really does bring to mind the dehumanization of our enemies during war. Like, yeah. That's what they're doing. Is like, yeah. we're at war with these other people, so they're not really people. Right. They're just an enemy to be obliterated. Like, we did it during every war we've ever been in. There's a part when uh, Guinan calls it a person. He, he Well, the, the Borg. We don't know his name yet, but calls it a person, and he flips out. Yeah, it is not a person! And then she just says this, per- she just repeats it again, which I think is is so good. Because that's what you have to do with that kind of, like, mentality. You can't just be like, okay, and acquiesce to that. Yeah. And the crazy thing is, like, I feel like Whoopi Goldberg is, like, a very underrated actress because she's yeah. played in mostly comedies and stuff. And right. If you play in comedies, you get treated like you're a bad actor, which doesn't right. really make much sense. No, yeah, it's harder to be funny than it is to be serious. Like, yeah, everyone's I, serious. I agree with that. And also, like, you don't know how good they are at being serious just because they're funny all the time. Right, all the time, right. And, yeah. Like, there's no character in anything that's, like, goofy and silly all the time. Like, even fucking Goofy himself, it's in his goddamn name, <laughs> gets sad when his son hates his guts. Like, Yeah, I would hate his guts, too, though, if I was his son. <laughs> he just doesn't want to grow up and become him, which is slowly happening to him. <laughs> what, Max? Max is his name, right? Yeah, Max. You know that there are all these, like, little cartoons that came out in, like, the 50s that were, like, how to, how to do this, how to do that, starring Goofy? Yeah, Yeah, I didn't know that. His name is George Geef in all of those. Yes! Which is a hundred times worse than Goofy. (laughs) Yeah, I remember seeing them when I was little and being like, what? George Why is his name George? the fuck? I guess Goofy's a nickname. That's a pretty shitty nickname. George Geef. Geef. Um, Geefer Sutherland. Not to be confused with Zangief, his brother. Oh, his brother, Zangief, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so everybody's fucking psyched about this genocide, right? Like, everybody's really amped. Oh, no, they're ready to just, like, fucking virus this shit. For 92, this episode came out in 92, uh, yeah. computer virus, pretty pretty cool. There, People didn't know what the fuck that was, right? 
It's true. Were, and the way they I mean, introduced the virus is like still pretty novel to this day. Oh, it's really cool, dude. It's it's a play on. I mean, I think that's why they called it uh, I Borg. It's a. I think it's a nod to Asimov's like paradox. There's a yeah. bunch of stories about robots who have like logic paradoxes who can't fulfill their. Uh, mission because the three laws right yeah and famously kirk does this in an episode about robots yes, in yes. tos where he logic puzzles a fucking robot till it explodes yeah its head explodes <laughs> which yeah. is all which is gonna happen to the borg and it's gonna be a hundred times grosser and more awesome it's gonna be like fireworks across the galaxy <laughs> as borg's heads exploding like in a kill uh, kingsman <laughs> fucking when all their heads Ugh. explode um so like Crusher is, of course, against this because, you know, genocide. And Picard's like, well, you know, normally I would be against genocide, right? That's a pretty clear-cut thing. Obviously, that's bad. But But I don't like the Borg. But the Borg are bad. (laughs) <laughs> like he this is when we get our like first description of the borg as being like a virus and this being like getting rid of a virulent strain yes yes and Riker does say his first line of the episode where he says you know we're at war and this is what war is like and that's when this episode very much for me became a metaphor for dehumanizing your enemies during war yeah yeah which, like I said, we've done and ever we still do to this day with like oh, yeah. Arab people and Muslims and stuff. Like because yeah. technically we've been in a war with them for fucking twenty years. So Yeah, I, I feel like there's a large portion of the population in our reality who are very susceptible to that type it's, of Yeah, it's like jingoism called Yeah, Jingo is right. Like uh yellow journalism, right? That's what oh, they yeah. would call it back in the uh What's his name? Rand- William Randolph Hearst days. It's <laughs> what a guy. Yeah. Um, Citizen Kane. That's who Citizen Kane is, right? That's who he's supposed to be. It's like my my dad was in Vietnam, and for the rest of his life, he just like did. He just was like a big racist towards Vietnamese people. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Also, everyone else, but that's because he was from West Virginia. <laughs> and. Uh-huh. Um, if you're from West Virginia and you're not a racist, congratulations. It's just you and me, buddy. We're in this together. <laughs> it's just you and me. <laughs> Holy shit. Um, so the Borg wakes up, and, you know, like I said, he's like looking around his cell and everything, and uh, they figure out the way he utilizes power in order to uh, nourish his gross zombie body. Yeah. And Crusher, being the only one who seems to give a fuck, says, you know, if I didn't know, if we didn't know any better, I would say he's scared. Yeah, and it, it, like, it, he looks like he's afraid. Also, he's like a kid. I don't know how old he's supposed to be, like 19, 18, 19. Yeah, I don't know. Th- he's like 30, but he's supposed to be a Yeah, kid. <laughs> he's like a child. Like Not like a child, but he's like a like a, maybe 20 yeah, years yeah, old. Yeah, they call him an adolescent, so he's probably like 18, 19 years old. Yeah. And he looks like he's scared because the guy who plays him just looks has that look about him. He's very yes. meek looking, which you is, know. Which is like saying something considering you can only see one of his eyes. Yeah, and, and he's, he's got one of those well enough. He's got really, one of those really cool like '90s toys on his eye that's like a yeah. hologram. 
He's he's got like the hologram cards from the front of Marvel Comics. <laughs> yeah, his face. Like if yeah. you looked real close, it would be a Wolverine that's claws are coming out. Yeah, I remember having toys like that where if you would turn it, it was like Ghostbusters did it a bunch. They oh, had yeah. like all these weird hologram toys. See, I was, when I looked at it, I was like, that looks like the board that you play Crossfire on. Yeah, <laughs> it was like a really cool like uh, 3D simulated 3D. Crossfire, you get caught up in the. Um, so Guinan and Picard are fencing, which is really cool. If I could fucking spend my downtime fencing, you know I would. I thought about that too when they were. I was like, man, these people just like better themselves all the time. Their their fun is just like, let's go fencing. (laughs) Let's learn the art of saber combat in our downtime. My my downtime is like, (laughs) what video game can I use to kill my brain cells? You know what's fucked up? My downtime for being a professional artist is drawing. Like I just that must mean you love more. it. Because my downtime, well, every now and then I think about that when I want to make something like a Photoshop or an edit, and I'm like, oh, this will be really funny if I because I, I you just your brain starts thinking in that way, right? Like you oh, start yeah. seeing the world through the lens of the thing you do. So I think about that too sometimes, and I'm like, oh, it'll be really funny if I edit this joke here real quick, you know. Dude, that's where the, like, little clips of our episodes came from. Is like, I yeah. was sitting on the couch one night, dead tired, and suddenly I just got struck by a lightning bolt. And I was like, fuck, that's a great idea! It's crazy you got struck by a lightning bolt in your house. Like, we should yeah. probably talk about that. Nah, it's not <laughs> important. Um, <laughs> but they're sparring, and Picard, like, dunks all over Guinan. Yeah. She's like, you know, I think you're just better than me, and I don't like this game. And he's like, well, you know, when you got two touches on me yesterday, you weren't complaining. He's real, like, he's real in a bad mood. Like, this is a bad mood Picard. Yeah. He's not feeling it. No, he's not having a great time. Guinan's like, yeah, like, I normally understand you, but why in the fuck is there a Borg on the ship? Yeah, she's she's even more like, get this shit out of here than he is, which is like incredible right i mean but like, i mean your it whole makes species, perfect sense yeah. as they obliterated her planet and scattered yeah. her people to the solar winds yeah and then we gotta deal with soren because of yeah, that thanks, thanks borg <laughs> the uh so she wants to go for another round and picard's like sure and while they're fencing she pretends like her thigh hurts yeah like it looks like kind of like maybe she gets cut or something but Picard's like, oh, are you all right? She just stabs him. And she's yeah, she like, whacks his foil out of his hand and goes beep, and it makes a little beepy sound when you stick yeah. him, right? She takes she takes the mask off and she says, yeah, you felt sorry for me, and look what happened to you then. Yeah, which is very, um, man, it's like the duality of man, right? Like, this, oh, is, yeah. this is such a... Like, I think about this a lot, and Star Trek really helps you think about this, because, like, in our DNA, like, we learned a long time ago, if you go by a bush, uh, there could be shit in there. Don't go by that bush, you know? So you gotta be careful about it. Stay out of the tall grass. There are snakes in there. Yeah, stay out of the tall grass. But also, like, now we're out in space in, in terms of Star Trek, and we're evolving human beings, and we're... Like you said, open-handing, like, learning from each other. And all of it's the tall grass. So you can't go out there with that mentality. No. Right? It's like anti-Starfleet, anti-Federation mentality. Which is one of the things I think, like, 
I think that's why people hate science so much now. Because, like, science is the exact opposite of, like, don't go near the, the tall grass. Science, science is, is like, what makes that grass tall? Why do the things live in the tall grass? Yeah, so, in order to know that, you have to go to that tall grass, you know? Science, like, explains away our fears. And the thing is, our, like, American society especially, and I've yes. bled all, all over the world at this point, but, like, American society at this point, ever since 9-11, is built on a steady stream of fear and yes. fear-mongering. Yeah. And science explains that fear away once you understand right. something you're not afraid of it anymore right which and sounds that's why amazing. it's so reviled <laughs> yeah because, which like, is like it, a superpower like we yeah. human beings invented superpowers and we call it science right yeah but instead people like um like in buddhism there's like a being angry is like being in a bathtub and flailing around to stay dry and that's humanity's obsession with fear and anger yeah people is, want to be mad they yes. want like that fear is like a blanket for them at this yes. point it's like a cozy blanket that they cozy up in mm-hmm. i know this feeling. it's a weapon it'll keep me safe yes yeah it's a weapon as well like fear is weaponized against people that you don't like if right. you're if you're the victim when you're afraid right no matter what you do to those other people you're you justified. are the victim, and yeah. you're justified, and that is the root problem. It's drug. It's a drug in your brain. Oh yeah, that's like the root problem that keeps us from ever, like, getting past nine eleven. Like, yeah. never forget, right? But right, that's, never that forget. Has, like, really, a double, double yes, edge. You're it. absolutely right. Yes, it's yes. like never forget the people who lost their lives is what that's supposed to be. Yeah, not like never forget the pain and suffering yeah. and, and fear and yeah, racism. Never forget your own fear, right? Yeah, yeah. And well, there's a whole segment that, of our population that makes their money off of fear-mongering. And oh, and it's the... They it's don't the, want it to ever end. It's it's a... I mean, not to put my, like, conspiracy hat on, but it's it's the way of the world. It's the what keeps us in line. It's religion. It's... All of it is that right we're, a, we're slaves of fear that's what how we're kept in line under it's, thumb it's wild though as well because we'll read like about proto-humans and how they were like afraid of owls or they right. were like afraid of dark places and we're like oh well they were they were idiots they were afraid of right. everything but we to this day are still afraid of everything i think it's a uh, a, a vacuum i think we don't we still have those genetic memories so to speak those genes in our dna haven't been mutated out of us yet so we have to fill in the void of like because i'm not i'm not like afraid of owls anymore you know and i'm not afraid of the dark (laughs) so what do i need to be afraid of well i'll just pick something afraid right i still need to be afraid to survive because that's my condition human condition and like we we can't be afraid and cling to one another. We have to push each other away right. because what if that person is causing what I'm afraid of? Or they could they could uh, know that I'm afraid and then take something from me. Yeah, they or, could harm yeah. me, yes. which I'm afraid of. Yes. Do, do you know the um, the theory about aliens and owls? Yeah, I know. I do know this. A I lot of aliens love that theory. Yeah, a lot of a- abduction people claim to see owls before they're abducted. Oh well, not that. The, oh, that that's a, the, that's like, the thing. In prehistory, human beings were like terrified of the night because and yeah. that's why we like 
cling to fire so heavily because right. out there, like you can't see anything can get you at any time. Oh, so you're saying that we just uh, replace owls with aliens? Yeah, like owls were like. Could you imagine a proto-human seeing an owl? This yeah, giant thing that's above you. You can't see the trees or anything, so it's just floating above right, you. Right, right. It's staring down with these giant dark eyes, and it has like almost the shape of a human being when it's yeah, up there. It looks like a person. With this giant head. And the idea is like at a certain point in history, we were like, oh, well, owls are just owls. But that deep seated, yeah. like proto human fear was still with us. So when. The idea of, like, aliens came about. To begin with, they were little green men for so right, long. Right, right. Now and they're little gray yeah, guys. Yeah, eventually they became gray with the giant heads, the giant yeah. eyes, and the tiny little beak mouths, right? Yeah. The teeny little beak. And the theory is that it's just our proto-fear of owls. I'm into that. I love this shit. I love, I love that, dude. I love this shit. Seriously. Because it's like... we. It's just... It, it's our imperfectness. Because human beings are fucking... We're like constantly like any organism evolving right so we 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 have to like shed some of our old like dna like some people are afraid of snakes like that's probably like in our dna you know what i mean people are afraid of bugs because bugs can harm you they're they're dirty uh so like we have to fill in those gaps because the most people now live in like clean houses and we bathe you know so we don't have fleas on us anymore you know what i mean that's like the whole idea that the extra little mile with the owls and aliens that I love is like owls can fly. Right. And aliens fly down and get you as yeah, well. Yeah, they get you. Yeah. That's really cool. I really, I love that. You can find out a ton about that online. Yeah, um, there's a lot of alien owl shit out there. I Like the thing I said too, which would make sense if people are like dreaming about an owl or like thinking or, like sleep paralysis thing about an owl and then it turns sure. into an alien or something. Who knows? Or maybe it's really an alien. Who knows? Or maybe it is. Maybe owls are fucking aliens. Maybe know. owls are aliens. They can turn their head all the fucking way around. I think that's uh, there's a movie about that. It's um fuck. What is it called? It takes place in Alaska. The fourth kind is about that. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's about an owl that, that like these people get abducted because um, that's a close encounter of the fourth kind, and an owl is like seen right like always before they get abducted. Well, that's cool. It's like, uh, it's weird how, like, all this, like, uh, scary conspiracy theory, like, stuff always sort of comes in twos. Yeah. Like, uh, I was thinking about how, like, um, anytime somebody sees a cryptid, they're supposed to be visited by the men in black afterwards. Yeah, which is, like, a double whammy. <laughs> yeah, like, I already went through some shit, uh, guys. Yo, men in black stories? Fucking awesome. I they're love great. men in black stories. I love, like,. The injured cold stories, the man who shows up and asks you questions that he yes. shouldn't know. Yes. He shouldn't know to ask, and he's just, he won't stop smiling weirdly at they're you. They're weird. The whole time. Right. They're, they're like purposefully weird, and, and yeah. they think because, like, either they're not actually human, or the theory is that they're doing it so no one will believe you. Yeah. When you tell them. One. Well, that was like in the X Files episode where Alex yeah. Trebek was one of them. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Jesse Ventura, right? And he's like, Swamp Gas yeah. from Venus. And he does that whole fucking weird, like, line. Well, there's a. There's the great moment where, like, uh, every time somebody sees the second Men in Black for the whole episode, they're like, You? Yeah. And finally, you see it's Alex Trebek. And <laughs> <laughs> the guy's like, Wait. 
Alex Trebek was there, and he's like, no, he said he looked like Alex Trebek. Yeah, yeah, they look, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was such rules. a fun episode. Um, <laughs> so they set up uh, the Borg with a power conduit so that he can, like, nourish his gross body, <laughs> as we all do. Yeah. And they ask what his name is, and it takes him a little bit to understand what they're asking him, and he finally says, you know, he's third of five. Right. So, think about this, because I was thinking about it. He says his name is Third of Five, and they're like, nah, that's not a real name. We're going to call you Hugh. Yeah. Seven of Nine shows up, and they're like, my name is Seven of Nine, and they're like, fucking whatever, Seven. Cool. They just didn't want to give her a name. <laughs> I, I like that they don't give her a name, and they call her Seven. I think Seven's just a cool name to have. Seven, seven is a... Uh, okay name it's kind of tainted for me because like because of sex from blossom (laughs) no because of 11 from married with children oh 11 from stranger (laughs) things that's also kind of weird to me i think fucking what number was the kid because he was like a uh like a cousin oliver who came later like somebody i don't remember I don't remember. And uh, they make a huge joke out of that. Like, they make fun of themselves for yeah. adding him to the show over yeah. and over again. And eventually they write him out, and he appears on every milk carton for the rest of the show. That's And nobody brilliant. ever mentions him. That's fucking brilliant. Uh, I'm That's funny as fuck. Married with children. Uh, maybe his name is Seven. I think his it, name is Seven. It might be Seven. Yeah, his fucking name is Seven. That's well, that's why Seven is ruined for that's you. That's why it's <laughs> ruined because I think about fucking Seven. The, his name is Seven because he's the seventh child, and they stop naming their. They stop naming him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Um. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, they uh they try to talk to him, but he just keeps being like, you know, you'll be assimilated. Resistance is futile. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, Worf and Jordy just fucking leave. They're like, all right, enough of this. Yep, you're welcome. Bye. <laughs> uh, they're giving him perception tests and shit. Um, I don't really understand why. I guess it's to trick him so that they can add the shit to him later to get I, him used to doing tests. I guess. I mean, I guess they're kind of seeing like what a Borg, because they don't really know like what a Borg can do. Like they know what the Borg can do, but they don't know what a single Borg can do, right? No. And I mean, like, every bit of information they get on them is going to help them later as well, so it makes sense. I mean, you would, I mean, what they would really do if it was, like, our time, they would just, like, dissect this thing and be like, all right, what is this thing capable of? But they really realize that his, like, eyepiece can, like, send holographic images into his brain, so that's why he can invert objects and know what, like, complicated objects, like... Yeah, and that's where they come up with their plan for the yeah. geometric shape that's gonna make his head blow up. Yeah, it's a cool uh, callback, right? Because it's, it's a really smart, like, callback in the show, I think. Oh, yeah. There's a, there is a great moment as well where Crusher is, like, she's, she's like, being stone cold, right? She's taking the, the shit out of Jordy, yeah. like, you know... I forget exactly what she says, but he, like, gets a little upset. And mm-hmm. she says straight up, like, look, I have to do this, but I don't have to like it. Right. And the fact that she says that shuts him up, and I feel like that would shut anyone up, right? Yeah. Like, That's it. That's all there is to say. Right? She She's, like, guilting the shit out of all these guys, which is great, because otherwise they would commit genocide. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess, like, at, at some point, like, Picard talks to Starfleet and they're like yeah 
go ahead. <laughs> I, I am assuming, right? Like, yeah, like he's he's very by the book. There's no way he didn't do that. Yeah, and like I'm I'm sure at this point everyone in Starfleet is like, yes, fuck these things up, right? Because of what happened. So I don't know, man. It's a uh, star Star Trek. And the, the, the idea that one person can change the galaxy or the universe, eh, man, it's it's very prominent in Star Trek. And it's a very amazing message that you oh, don't yeah. see now. You know what I was just thinking about? That, like, Jordy doesn't get enough credit for being apparently the best friend in the universe. Yeah, well, this he's got no this, girlfriend, so... <laughs> this dude has the superpower to make a lifeless robot want to be friends with him so bad that he gains sentience for himself. That's why they put him on Reading Rainbow. Everybody wants to be friends with Little Jordy. kids just want to hang out with Jordy, man. And little kids are kind of like mindless robots. <laughs> I certainly was. I wanted to be uh, Jordy's friend yeah. when I was a kid. I yeah, still want to be Jordy's friend. Yeah, LeVar Burton seems like he's fucking rad, dude. Like, yeah, that dude's cool probably dude. fucking rad as shit to hang out with. Um, So they, they beam the Borg into the science lab, and uh, the Borg is like, why did you save me? Yeah. And she explains, you know, because yeah, it's what I do. And he says, well, you fed me, Jordy. Is that why you do it? And he's like, yeah. So they introduce themselves right. to him. And they don't like his designation. It's not a real name. Yeah, they're already so, starting to, like, humanize him which again. Is, which is, like, a part of our humanity in general. Like, it's what we, we do. We humanize things. That's we, what we do. Yeah, we, we start out when we're little. We learn this, right, with stuffed animals. Like, they're not real. We know that they're not yeah. real. I mean, they're we real. We still, like... But- Think about this. Even if wh- whoever's listening to this right now, think about this. Even if you are the person who is like the least likely to humanize something, yeah, an item is an item, and you don't put emotional weight on it. If you knock something over, it's yeah. not the first thought that pops into your head. Oh, sorry. Yeah, or like, like a, a level of sadness about it. Yeah, like, like oh no, you feel like you've harmed somebody. Yeah, some harm has taken place. Yeah, this is this is all very very Buddhist because <laughs> that's very yeah. like the cup is already broken, right? Like everything ends, and we shouldn't be upset about like breaking the cup because the cup's already broken. It won't last forever. Nothing does. But in our human minds, we're programmed to feel things for the things around us, not just on a tool level, on a weirdly emotional level. Like there's people who have cups. And they love their cup. That's their cup, right? They drink their yeah, coffee out of it every cup. morning. This like, is my if cup. If something happened to that cup, they would cry. Yeah, they, because the, dude, the emotions are that strong. Yeah, in them. I remember crying when my parents got rid of the Christmas tree one year because I was yeah, like, "No, because you're attached to it. That's yeah. Christmas to you. It's right? Christmas. It was Christmas, right? Dude, it's fucking we weird." Moving, I'll, I'll tell this like openly since I didn't cry or anything. I'm a big boy. <laughs> my but, big uh, dick didn't cry or anything. <laughs> No, my wiener did not cry any salty tears. Um, when we were moving, I had just a couple months before we moved, got this statue that you can see in the background of like 90% of my photos and stuff. Yeah. Of this little, it's like action figure size Bugs Bunny. It took me fucking forever to find this guy. Yeah. 
Because Looney Tunes has terrible merchandise. Yeah, they do. God awful. They, it's really weird. You'd think like they would be better, but they're not. <laughs> so I bought this from France, by the uh-huh. way, because it's the only place I could fucking find it. And it's like one of my prized possessions. And when we were moving, the ear broke off of it. Oh, uh, yeah. And it hit me like a yeah. fucking freight train. That sucks. And, like, I, I probably would have cried if I hadn't realized that it was a clean break and I could Couldn't glue it go. back along. Yeah, but it's still that it happened, right? Yeah. Yeah. It shouldn't have happened to shouldn't my boy Bugs. shouldn't have happened, yeah. It's very, yeah. There's a couple of, star. I have a Star Wars collection of tons of Star Wars shit. And, like, there's some stuff that I have that, like, I've gone out of my way to like protect ridiculously because I like love the things so much. Yeah, <laughs> you know, there's like there's a genuine attachment. Like, yeah, we say that all the time, right? Like, oh, I love that, right? But for some stuff, that's true. Yes. We have a genuine emotional attachment. It, it means more than the thing that it is. I'll say that, and and to get into why, like, who for whatever reason, it just it just does, right? Yeah, and that becomes like the question, like, and it gets brought up later, like Picard's, like, you know, you're naming it and treating it like a puppy, right? Right, a pet, it, it, yeah. It. But I think it's not that they're humanizing it in that way. It's that they're looking at a human being. It's hard not to. No, they're know? realizing. Yeah, he's he's taking the the point of view. He's choosing to take the point of view of like. You're just naming it like you would any inanimate object or a pet, which, like, I yes. would argue is, like, also a sentient uh, living thing. So you could probably yeah, you do that. Yeah. Your dog <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't genocide your dogs. Yeah, you shouldn't kill dogs and cats. But, like, Put they're on my seeing campaign it. stickers, by the way. You shouldn't genocide your dog. I'd vote for you. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to anyway. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, but they're, but Jordy and, and Beverly at this point, Bev, as her friends call her. As we uh, all call her. As we all call her. Friends. Yeah. Are seeing that, like you said, Jeff, that it's a, that's a man. It's a person, not a, not an object. So. Um, Hugh passes the, all their spatial acuity tests with flying colors. Like, he's fucking amazing. He's yeah. the greatest at looking there ever was. Greatest looker, man. <laughs> And Crusher's like, you know, we don't want to be assimilated. And yeah. Hugh is like, why? Assimilation is super dope. Like, yeah. you're missing out. Like, I hear voices in my head at all times, and they're like, wow, that sounds like shit. <laughs> yeah. And he's sounds like, no, terrible. it's it's awesome, and I'm, like, really lonely. Yeah. And, um, and they realize, like, oh, he's, like, lonely, which is, like, a human emotion. Like, and that further humanizes him. Yeah, to them. they're they're seeing through the the Borg, which is like tends to be what happens with Borg when you now like so seven hasn't uh, happened yet like in the canon right like no, seven years is the away. first yeah. Borg that anyone in Starfleet has ever right. studied. So alive. they they don't know what happens to you. I mean, they know from Picard, but he was only a Borg for like two days. They yeah. don't know what happens to somebody if you disconnect them. For all they know, they die, and they think that, yeah, that they talk that's about true. that as well. Yeah. Like if you disconnect them, they die. Yeah, they're like the implants can't be out of their body for that long, or they'll die. But like later, like they, I mean, because of Hugh, or maybe like there's other instances of of the ships finding dead Borg, or who knows? Like we don't know. But like 
they they fi- figure out that like yeah you can slowly de-assimilate a Borg like you can yeah. do that. Isn't that a fun thought though that happens so often like who knows what's happening on other ships? It's got to be right. just as crazy. Well, I mean, if I mean the Enterprise is like the flagship, so it's getting like all the cool missions, but like. There's other ships out there seeing crazy shit, man. Yeah, <laughs> like, like stuff that people in the Enterprise would yeah. be like, "Wait, what? what the fuck?" Yeah, dude. Yeah, That's there was the, a giant yeah. green hand in space. <laughs> what? <laughs> hand Gillum? There was the Gillum's hand got away from him. <laughs> Fucking Master Hand from Smash Brothers was there. Jordy <laughs> <laughs> um, really. Like this affects him very heavily because to begin with he was super on board with like destroying the board collective, but yeah. now that he's he's seen that Hugh is an individual who has genuine emotions, he has genuine feelings, mm-hmm. which is like even Vulcans have actual feelings; they just don't show them. Right, you know? it's part of what makes something sapient and not just sentient. Right, he's having second thoughts about this. Yeah. So he he goes to Guinan, who he's used to sort of confiding in, as everybody on the ship is. Yep. Bar mom. And he expects her to, like, be her normal self, but she's not. Like, yeah. he tries to explain his his point, and she's like, yo, you're a fucking chump. Yeah, you're getting played. The Borg are fucking smart. They do this, right? Like, they do this yeah. shit. And she's like, well, they should all fucking die because they destroyed my planet. Yeah. And he's like, well, if you go talk to him, you feel different. She's like, I don't have anything to say to that piece of shit. Yeah. Man. And he like, he, like, shuts her down, like, burns the shit out of her when he leaves. He's like, then why don't you just listen? That's what you're supposed to do best, isn't it? Oh, dude. It's, dude. Oh. And everybody in 10 forward turns around and goes, oh. They go, <laughs> and they all clap. <laughs> The, the tapered clap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sitcoms. Um. So, so uh, Guinan, she mentions later that she doesn't know how or why she went there, but she did. Yeah, she goes to the the his cell. I guess it's like his room now yeah. or whatever. And Guinan is like, you know, like you're a piece of shit, right? And he's like, uh, he mentions assimilation. Yeah. And she sort of, like, reiterates Crusher's point that she doesn't want to be assimilated. Yeah. And he's like, but resistance is futile. Right. She says, resistance is not, and here's what the Elorians did after you fucking decked our planet to death. Yeah, she's like, we're still around, we're scattered to the wind, but we're still here. Like, you didn't yeah. assimilate us, like, we're, we survived. So it's her, it's her kind of talking to herself, too, in a lot yeah. of ways. For sure, like she's trying to bolster her own side to like yeah. make herself feel like she's in the right. Right. But Hugh does his little data tilt, his little data head tilt. Yeah, right? he's thinking, and he says he mentions that she must be lonely, just like he is. Oh uh, yeah, it's dude. And she's uh, she's done. Yeah. What can you say to that? That's like, that's it. That's like proof, right? Okay. Well, he's not a Borg yeah. anymore. Borgs don't get lonely. They're, if they're robots, they're machines. They're killing machines. They, they're not. They're not the the squids from the Matrix, right? Like they're. If you disconnect them, like I said, give it a couple of days. 
talk to the thing, reacclimate it to like being an organic life form, it starts to they start to turn into people again. If if there ever were not people to begin with, like that's another yeah. question too. Like who even fucking knows? And we get into that in Voyager a little bit, where some of the Borg start making like a matrix inside of the cubes where they go to to be people again. Because it's their answer for this. Like, right. They create this virus of individuality right. and they have to do something to deal I'm with it. I'm assuming we're going to see a lot of this in Picard. This seems to be one of the avenues they go down. You see this in Star Trek Online with the cooperative. The cooperative are like renegade Borg or Borg that have broken yeah. free. Which I, th- I think the first cooperative i don't think they call them the cooperative no I think that's like lore's borg buddies yes yeah they start to realize that they could be like their own species of borg almost right like borg 2.0 where they're not assimilating people and like you but know they still share a hive mind they're individuals right. but they still share their experiences right and like they're renegades at that point, though. Like, the actual Borg want to destroy them because they are they are like a virus. Right, they're a virus to the virus. They're like, we would call them like an antibody or like a, uh, I don't know, like an antiviral that like suppresses the virility of a virus. But to the Borg, that's that's a no-no, man. You can't have that. Oh yeah, that's the that's the monkey wrench in their cogs right there. Yeah, that's the sab the sabo in the in the machines, the sabotage. The sabo? <laughs> yeah, from Star Trek uh, 6, right? So Kim Cattrall talks about the uh, the Japanese workers throwing their shoes called sabo into the machines. That's where sabotage comes from. Sabotage. Sabotage. As Captain Kirk says. <laughs> you say sabotage. I say sabotage. <laughs> Have you ever touched an elephant? They vibrate when they're happy, just like I do. <laughs> um, like, Jordy and Hugh are still broing out, right? And um, Jordy talks about how the Federation like wants to learn about Borg, and that's why they're doing all these tests. Mm-hmm. Hugh, um, I guess, like, rightly, is like, well, why don't you just assimilate them? Because from his point of view, like, you know everything about a species as soon as you assimilate Right, if you just assimilate it, just do that. Yeah. And Jordy's like, oh, well, we don't want to be assimilated. That sounds terrible to me. And Jordy kind of gives him this whole speech about individuality, which is, um, it's echoed throughout all of Star Trek that that's what humans' greatest, like, attribute is. Yeah. Our individuality and the fact that, like, that comes up when, um, in the cage, even, where mm-hmm. they talk about how, like, what makes us human is the fact that we cannot be contained. We're not, like, you can't just put us in a zoo. Captivity right. destroys us because of our individuality, who we are. Right. It, it's, uh, we're, we're seeing that, too, with, like, uh, lots of animals tend to have this. Like oh, whale, yeah. nobody whales. likes to be in a goddamn zoo. <laughs> yeah, it, it kills it kills things. Like it's but being... I mean, it's at this point like it's either the zoo or extinction for a lot of these animals. For some so. of them, well, that's kind of our fault. So that's yes. pretty cool. Yes, it is. I have a friend uh, who's a zookeeper, and she talks about how like 
in her perfect world, all these animals would just be able to be where they're from yeah. and get to do whatever they normally do. Yeah, but, but we're like, at a point right yeah, where... We've, we've created a situation yeah. where if they go back where they're from, they're, they're going to die. die. Uh, has anyone ever thought about Moon Zoo? <laughs> now I have very heavily. Making the moon a big zoo? That just everything... send all the animals to the moon. Like Six Flags. Six... <laughs> <laughs> Send all the animals to the moon and let them have it. And we just fucking stay here on Earth and die. That's my pitch. What do you guys think? Uh, I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> but um Jordy mentions like the way that they uh, they don't have all the voices in their head, but what keeps them from getting lonely is friendship. Yeah. Being able to, like, confide in someone and talk to them and how they feel and share experiences. And Hugh says, oh, you mean, like, Jordy and Hugh? Yeah, because he's his friend. Cause Which it's... is a gut punch, dude! Yeah, man. This episode is like, oh, right. I forgot. There's, like, real-ass emotions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like... Could you imagine being Jordy right now? Like, you're yeah. torn between duty and your own emotions, like what you know is right. Right. Because if you go along with your orders, if you're the good soldier, you are sending your friend to die, to die. and kill yeah. everyone he knows. Yeah, it's. A, I mean, it's a super fucking mindfuck. Yeah. Like, that would fuck you up for the rest of your life. And, and Guinan says that to Picard later, too. Where she's like, you might find that doing this might be harder than you think. Yeah. If you don't and go talk to him. As it should be. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And Jordy and Data present their topological anomaly. Yeah, which is like fucking super clever. I love the callback. I love the reference. I love I love all this. It's, it's really great. cool. It's great. It's a... It's a genuinely, to this day, like this came out in 1992, this yeah. is a genuinely novel way to take down a machine. Yeah, it's like a, a, a clever twist on the logic paradox. It's smart. It's fucking smart as shit. Like, I love it. It might be, it might be from something. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know, actually. But it, it, it's this clever. This is a smart enough episode that I think they could have come up with. Yeah, I think, I think they might have, because even Picard says it's very, very clever. Like, he's yeah. patting the show on the back, right? He he really loves that plan. Yeah. And Data just sort of leaves, because, you know, what the fuck does he care? <laughs> and Also, uh, he yeah, he's just getting paid, like, regular rate this episode. Yeah, he's like, I'm not doing any extra scenes for scale, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, Jordy's kind of like, you know, I'm having second thoughts, and Picard's, like, getting pissed at this point, right? Because everybody's talking to him about this, and he doesn't yeah. fucking want to hear it. He just wants to do the plan. <laughs> And he's like, yeah, you don't know what Hugh is like. And he's like, Hugh? You've named it? Yeah. And they just have this whole conversation where Picard just tells him that all of his emotions are dumb. He's got, yeah. dumb, he's got dumb feelings <laughs> he needs to get rid of. Get rid of your dumb feelings, which is like, oh, man. Like, how many times in your life have you ever heard that? I know I've heard uh, it many times. 50 fucking billion. Being yeah. a... Being a dude in a society run by old dudes... Yes, horrible. ...is like, if you... I mean, it's fucking terrible for everybody, right? Yeah, but, like, but for... If you yeah. show even the slightest emotion, yeah. everyone around you will turn on you. Yep. As a guy. And I've had Why that happen to me. Way? Yeah. 
50 billion times in my life where, yeah. like, I've just been like, oh, man, like, I'm just going through some stuff right now. Yeah. And everybody was like, well, you're a fucking bitch. Get over it. Just deal yeah. with it. Like, yeah. it's not, I'm not your therapist. Right. That's not and toxic masculinity fucking no. shit, man. It's like endless toxic masculinity and like you think that we're moving past that shit but like i've had to deal with that shit real recently so i would say jeff you and i didn't have a very good father figures true and i think you make make a good point i think it served but i uh, i i think it served us though because i think we decided not to be that way because I know, true. like, my dad was like that. Like, he would be like... I mean, my dad was, like, an emotional lunatic. And my it, dad it, was <laughs> emotionless, dude. Yeah. Like, like I like Vulcans because they actually have emotions. Right. Underneath the emotionless, my dad didn't have none of that shit. Yeah. He had all that bred out of him by his dad, I right. guess. Yeah, well, he learned, right, he probably learned to not show them. Because that's a weak... You're weak... Yeah, it's like uh, I'm sure every like most guys have had exp- have at least a dozen stories of people yeah. shutting their emotions down, and I mean, women have that from men as well. Like right. if you show emo- if you're a woman and you show an you're emotion being emotional, around a, yeah, yeah, around a man, and if you like have that sort of fiery passion that right. a dude has, you just get that oh. shit shut down as being like an oh. over emotional woman. Nothing. Is more attractive to me than that, though. I yeah love that. <laughs> like absolutely, fucking. I love it when like yeah. a woman who stands up for herself. Yeah, and like it, it doesn't matter how rare it is when it happens. That's like the thing that's like so amazing, right? Uh, anyway, we got off topic talking about emotions, like fucking two bitches, like right? just like two cucky <laughs> snowflakes, so, so cucked, so so beta. <laughs> That's so beta. That's so beta. It's a future I can see. <laughs> um, <laughs> the so he just tell he orders Jordy to do to it, unattach himself. Yeah, which like you. okay, right now we're yeah, getting into like you definitely right. can't order my emotions. Yeah, yeah Captain, that's but okay. That's like a we can have like some kind of like process for this, right? Like a court martially type of thing. <laughs> you know what? Uh, fuck, we've been going for an hour on this part, so we will take a break and be right back after these messages. After the messages, we'll be right back.
Welcome back, everybody, to this perfect Star Trek program. Oh, it's the most perfect. <laughs> when we uh, when we last left our hero, Picard, the genocide man, uh, he was getting into his silk PJs and about to have a nice drink. Oh, yeah, he's sitting down with his toddy. He's having he's a toddy got, with my hottie. He's got that deep V going on in his oh, stuff, the, too. The, the future V. Hair. I call that the future V, because in the future, man, who gives a flying V about it? Just Fuck show it. all the chest hair to the world. Yeah. Be free with your V. Like, t- 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 chest hair went out of style at a certain point. It's coming back. It's back. It's back, baby. Full on back. Uh, Guinan visits, and uh, Picard's like, oh, do you want a drink? And she's like, nah. And he's like, do you want to kiss? And she's like, nah. Nah. And... Um, <laughs> She straight up is like, "Look, uh, I had my, I have some doubts about this plan." And he's like, "Fucking you too!" Yeah, not everyone's against me. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> this is when like things get really heated because like he's trying to explain away everything she says, and he's like, "You know, you right. have, you have to go talk to him, Picard. Yeah. Like, you have to." Yeah. You're gonna kill this person, and that's when he has that huge blow up, and he's like, "He yeah. is not a person. Stop it is not a person. a person." Yeah, yeah. It's it's very uh, much like in First Contact, where he's like, "No, it's a little less crazy, but yeah. like, it's the, there, and the you can line see must be drawn here, yeah. here, yeah. and no farther." Like you can see where like he's just angry and afraid, and he wants revenge. Yeah, we There's talked a big about part that. of him. We yeah. talked about that fear leading to lashing out. He wants revenge. Josh is right. Yeah, he wants to do it. He know it's tough because like I th- I think knowing Picard through this up to this point, you know that he he knows it's not right. Like he knows deep down, right? Yeah, like he's fighting. He keeps pushing everyone away and shutting yeah. everyone down, not because. He really believes what he's saying. Right. He's doing it to keep them from affecting him for right. touching that part. If he if inside. he really believed it was correct thing to do, he'd be like, "What is wrong with you guys?" Like yeah. he would be like, "This is like the definitely the right thing to do." He you would know? just di- he would just dismiss them, or he would give yeah. them like his Picard speech, where he's like, "This is right. why it's the right thing to do." Right. Here's why and we need to do this. I love that Picard speech only happens and works when it's. Uh, the actual correct when thing. When it's true, when it's the yeah. right thing. He keeps when he's using speaking it for truth. evil. Yes. Which yes. is not true of anyone in the real world, I'll tell you that fucking much. Yeah. Well, you gotta develop a better, like, not you, but people need to develop a better uh, barometer for fucking truth. That's true. Yeah. I mean, like, we have all of human knowledge at our fingertips, and it's fairly easy to tell bullshit from the truth on the internet. Like, yeah. I've, th- I've never hard. seen something and then later found out it wasn't true and been like, oh, I had no doubts that it was true. What happened? Right, right. Usually you're like, mm, is, that, yeah. is that a thing? I don't know about that, you know? <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> um, she, and they, they just have to sort of like blow up, but she says, she repeats herself, like, you're going to kill this person and you've never yeah. even looked into his eyes. You should at least do it once before you make that decision. Yeah, they do a really cool... I, I love the way that he talks to him. Like, the... the It's, like, a mix of, like, he's almost, like, ashamed to do it. And, like, also, like, he doesn't want 
people to see him doing it. Yeah. It's weird. He, go, he does not yeah. go to Hugh. He beams him into the into his ready room and has right. Worf leave, even. Right, which is like, man, like that's, I think that's very telling of of where he is, where, where Picard is. He, he's at a point where, like, he's doing this because he feels that it's the best way to prove himself right. Right. The only, he, in his mind, and it's a, it's not like a crazy leap to make, right? In right. his mind, the only reason this Borg is acting human-ish is because he's around all these humans and cut off from the Borg collective. So he's desperate, and yeah. he want right? He wants yeah. to fit in, and he want whatever that the is. The instant right? that he is going to present himself as Locutus of Borg, he's going to prove that Hugh is just a Borg. He's, right. he's just been feigning anything that people may have picked up. It's all yeah. in your head that you're personifying him. Yeah. So he brings him in, and uh, it may not have this even been great. a plan. Is no, I don't think it is. I don't think this is the plan, a plan Hugh, at all. Hugh looks at him and says, Locutus. And he yeah. like has this moment of realization and says, it is, it is. It's me, Locutus of Borg. State your designation. And he says, uh, Hugh. Yeah, and he's like that is not a Borg identification. Like he's 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 testing him, and I, I think you're right. I I I don't think he Picard planned this at all. But he's so clever that he realizes this is an opportunity for him to test Hugh to see what he really believes. If if Hugh is really a Borg drone or if he's something more. And it's it's underhanded in a way that Picard it is. isn't normally, and it's because it is because he's afraid of yeah. the Borg and what they did to him, and he's like he's desperate to have control, which is again like like you said, that's what fear is. It's a desperation right. for control. Don't have control, right? And uh, he was also a child, and I think Picard sort of talks to him like you do a child or like maybe like you do to a, a traumatized child like you can't always get them to just tell you like the truth right like what happened or whatever you have to kind of hide it in sort of like a story or something you know what i mean like yeah, or, or draw that. draw that like, they do that with with like abused children they make they let them draw the thing that happened because they can't say it yeah so hugh hugh sort of has to be tricked in a way that's the only way that Picard's going to know what he's saying is true. And he he mentions, like, assimilation, like everyone on the ship will be assimilated, and Hugh is, like, revulsed by this idea. Yeah, yeah. He's he, like, they don't want to be assimilated. Yeah, it's not what they want. Jordy doesn't want to be assimilated. Yeah. And... there There's a moment, this is the moment I was talking about where Patrick Stewart is being like firm like a borg like emotionless but he does this blink with his eyes and it's like he's like in searing pain like it's called this is causing him ma like major pain and it's like it's just a blink just a little like blink that he does but it's like that guy can act the shit yeah. out of anything <laughs> like it's true and like there's layers to his acting yeah you don't see that a lot on it's especially at very this subtle point. you don't yeah, see it in television at all yes it's very subtle and you might just think he's if you're not like 
used to watching actors or movies or anything like that, you might just think he blinked, but he's very deliberately trying. He's uncomfortable. Like he's uncomfortable with this, not in the sense that like he doesn't want to do it, but he's, he's suppressing his own humanity and his own emotions because he's beginning him so heavily of actually being locutus. Yeah. And he's, he's seeing re feeling those feelings. Yes. And he's also seeing that Hugh is like not taking the bait and that this is a real person at this yeah. point. Like he's realizing that. You're not gonna fucking flip the channel over to TBS and hear get this type of uh performance out of the dolphin from Sequest. <laughs> Where else are you gonna go on TV? Darwin? And see this? You're not gonna get this from Darwin the talking dolphin? No. I don't know, Jeff. A His true, name is Darwin. A true Shakespearean actor, Darwin the Dolphin, but still, Picard's <laughs> better than him, which is wild. Probably probably Darwin is not alive anymore either. Probably, I don't know how long dolphins live. I don't but I don't even actually know either. <laughs> um, maybe they live longer than us. Who the fuck knows? Uh, I probably would I'm gonna guess I'm gonna guess forty years. How like, long do dolphins live? Well, this is going to give us like a, a wide number. We need to know how long Darwin the dolphin lived. Pro- pantropical spotted dolphins live for 40 years. Holy shit. There's you could have just of, lied to me and I'd have no idea. <laughs> there's a bunch of uh, there's a bunch of fucking years here lifespan killer whale 29 years striped dolphin 50 to 55 to 60 years i don't know the difference between the dolphins i don't know either i i don't know shit about dolphins i know a killer whale is technically a dolphin yeah they're or they're not really like whales right yeah um regular dolphin <laughs> maybe yeah right what is the what is the regular dolphin lifespan? how long do regular dolphins live the flipper dolphin the regular one. <laughs> Snowflake from Ace Ventura. We call him Flipper, Flipper. Oh, God, no, 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 no. No! <laughs> <laughs> the PTSD has come back. <laughs> Anytime that came on, I would just immediately flip Dude, the fucking channel. Flip the channel. Nope, not going to do it. Nope, not watching it. I'd watch Lassie if I'm going to watch it. I don't what the fuck watch... is a dolphin going to do? I don't want to watch <sighs> Sea Lassie. I'm trying yeah. to watch regular. I would watch more Rin, boring canine cop. I was always like, how do they know that this dolphin is going to be okay when it's just swimming around in the water? I don't know. That's what dolphins normally do, Josh. Yeah, but like, I don't know. I was well, I was very concerned for its safety at the at the end of the. Uh, well, you should have been, according to the documentary Blackfish. Yeah. Um. At the end of this conversation, like he says, you know, you will, uh, you will uh, assist us in assimilating them. Yeah. And he says, "I won't." I won't. Yeah. And Picard says, "What did you say? What the fuck did you just say?" And he yeah. says, "What the fuck did you just say to me?" <laughs> <laughs> and he says, "I I will not help you." And he's like, "Oh yeah. my god." He says, "I," and he stands up and he goes. I, you said I, or he like said something like that, yeah. And he's just like he's horrified at the decision he was so sure. Was yeah, the he was decision. gonna, he was gonna be real fucky. He was gonna be a real bastard. He was, yeah. he was gonna be an admiral as soon as he did it. Yeah, because that's what he you, probably would have. Shitty, you become an admiral. He probably would have been promoted to admiral, honestly. Yeah. 
uh, Picard calls the staff meeting and he tells them what he learned and everybody like they they try and there's this moment right this is another one of those moments I was talking about at the beginning of the episode that I really wanted to highlight as a Starfleet moment like a Star Trek moment yeah he tell they he tells them about what happened. He tells and the crew, yeah. No one in that room is like, well, you know, we should still, like, who cares? Right. That doesn't matter. We're at war. Everyone right. gets quiet and immediately starts contemplating what's that, what that means. Yeah, and, and now, in a now episode of Star Trek, somebody would be like, we have to do it, and there'd be a big argument, and that's yeah. the drama. But in this, it's not dr- the drama of... It's human drama. It's the drama of being a human being. Like, that's, that's the most dramatic thing any human being can ever see or live through. Like, the the moral quandary is where the drama comes from. Like, the, yeah. the quandary that is put on us as audience members. Like, what would we do in this situation? Right. Is so much deeper and more meaningful than, like, this Two guy wants bickering. to put a bomb yeah. on Kronos and this girl doesn't. Right. You know? Right. Like, it's just, yeah, right. There's... There's a distinct difference between those two types of drama in that I like one of them and I fucking hate the other. <laughs> Put that in your book. Um, the that, that moment, like, encapsulates what it means to be a Starfleet officer for me. Like, Worf yeah. is in the fucking room. Yeah, Worf is even like, yeah, and you're right. They, they all start contemplating what that means what they were all about to do yeah. like they were going to be a party to genocide right and like that's crazy man you know and th- like that's something i'll give to Worf as well is that he tends to try and make a pure klingon decision to begin with but yeah, later always... sees the error of what he was trying to do yeah he figures it out yeah he's he's living between two worlds and he's trying to appease both of them and right. it's it's difficult for him to figure out yeah. which way he needs to go like we is and the idea is like if you were listening to a podcast hosted by two klingons right now they would be shitting all over Worf for not making for not right. being like just kill him anyway he was a coward for not fighting and being a warrior that's what we would be saying yeah. if we were klingons he but probably only has one dick from his time on earth <laughs> that one dicked pussy <laughs> And what a beta. <laughs> I didn't know my dad was a Klingon, but um <laughs> <laughs> some say all dads are Klingons. <laughs> it's and from like a Klingon point of view, like him taking the Starfleet way and understanding the Starfleet way would be the incorrect thing to do, but right. we're humans, we are Starfleet. Right. To us that's the correct thing to do. Right. I I like that it's almost like Picard is like confessing his sins to his his crew and what ultimately are his friends right like that's true you don't really think about his friends like because they're his crew but he he tells them he's like yeah look i did that this is what happened and he's like i would need options we can't do this i want other options and they this is when they come up with their plan of like well what if we just like give them back to the borg yeah, picard, like, picard is the one who comes up with this plan as yeah well, actually he he which i think is thematically appropriate he's the right. one who like okayed the plan to destroy so now he has species. to fix he has to fix the problem which yes. he does and he he comes up with the idea of basically creating a virus out of individuality right like leave leave those feelings in in memories in hue 
Well, they also say, it's important to note that they also are like, well, if he wants to stay, he can yeah, stay, ob- that's, obviously. Again, Crusher right. comes yeah. up with that as Crusher, being, yeah. Crusher is like the heart of the ship, in, yeah. a, in the same way that Bones was the heart right. of the ship. Right. Like, she's the one who, and Bones gets a lot of, like, shit for being gruff or whatever, but he was yeah. very, like, heartfelt and honest and, like... Yep. It, he wanted to help people and that's crusher as well she just goes about it a different way and yeah she she straight up says like what happens to this plan do we do you still going to go through with it if hugh does not want to do this plan right right so uh picard takes jordy who is hugh's best friend bff jordy and he they tell him you know you can either go back to the borg or you can stay with us and he says he, he does want to stay with Jordy, but, like, that's dangerous. The Borg yeah. are going to come looking for him, and they're going to assimilate everyone. And he knows that right. Jordy doesn't want to be assimilated. Right. So he's he's already demonstrating, like, selflessness and, like, sacrifice, which is another very human, yeah. positive human trait, right? It's, it's like, one of the most intrinsic human traits yeah. that, like... It, it's everyone's core even the most selfish hateful person yeah. on this planet it's in our dna has at least yeah. one person that they would give up their life for yeah and for for hugh who does who's only even learning what it means to be human who's only even learning what it means to be a person and have these emotions that person is jordy the one who showed him what it was like right woke him up and Jordy wants to beam down with him onto the yeah. moon where they found him. And um, there's a little leap in logic here, I guess, where they're like, uh, the Borg didn't bother with us when we went to their Borg cube. It's a, it's a little bit of a risk, yeah. But So they won't hear, which is like yeah. one piece of information, and we're going to use that as the basis for Jordy's life. Cool. Yeah, you could also assume that like, if the Borg saw Jordy down there... They know what the Federation is. They yeah. might assume that Jordy destroyed the ship or something, so they would want to assimilate him to find out what happened. Yeah, exactly. Like that's logical that's a, as fuck. That's another assumption you could make. <laughs> it's a machine mind as shit, but they yeah. don't do it. Like they don't. Yeah, they just ignore him. The Enterprise hides like a wussy. <laughs> and like a wussy. The two Borgs show up, and all I could think of when the one Borg showed up is like, man, thank heaven that Hugh didn't have a snorkel in his mouth like that one guy, right? <laughs> yeah, well, you can't act with a snorkel in your no. mouth. <laughs> like, they, they walk around and they, like, uh, take, I don't know, the black boxes out of yeah, the Borg. Yeah, they take and- their, like, data transceiver which again and we see we see i i mean maybe they're different but we see that in first contact when he's rummaging around through that borg oh right? yeah um and he finds it they find it much easier they just take it off yeah their they, chest. Just, they just take it off yeah <laughs> but they don't um, dig through his intestines like picard does <laughs> they uh they like attach to hugh and like uh to find out, you know, like, any information he happens to have on him. Right. And also, I'm guessing, to, like, reset his programming. Probably to keep him, yeah. Like, reset like, his programming to basic parameters. Because I'm sure as soon yeah. as they connected, they immediately knew that his programming had been changed. Yeah, so they probably, like, 
reset it or or put them in some kind of like safe mode yeah. or something. But right? It, it did not work as they're as they're beaming out. Hugh looks over towards yeah. Jordy. He looks at him, and Jordy reacts like he knows, and yep. that's that's like the pebble that starts rolling down the mountain that's going right. to eventually lead to like the stuff that happens in Star Trek Online yep. or even the stuff that's going to happen in Picard. Yep, and in Voyager. Um, we see it in Voyager. Uh, it comes back. Not Hugh, but like the, the ramifications of what it means that... So instead of choosing the violent path, the Federation goes with the long, the long con, right? Mm-hmm. Like... They're banking on the fact that, like, if we show the Borg that there is a place for them, that we are not going to kill or destroy them, maybe their Borg will find the strength to figure out how to break free from the Borg, which is, like, seemingly impossible at this point. Well, it's like the the virus of individuality comes into play, right? Like, once they understand what it means to be an individual, you can't forget that right like even it's shown when hugh like i don't they don't outright say that he's being reset to factory settings like an iphone or whatever but i feel like that's what's happening yeah and he still maintains his knowledge of jordy right it didn't whatever like you said whatever they did it didn't work which is like that's that's just an intrinsic part of humanity like ultimate act of defiance which is so human like just the just saying no like no you're not going to take me you're not going to take what i am i'm me fuck off that's absolutely (laughs) true like humanity is defiance that's what we've always been like right there's no gods or rulers right Right. that's fucking uh, prometheus motherfucker yeah we stole the fire yeah we we wanted it we needed it it was being held from us, and we stole yeah. it. Fuck you. Fuck you, gods. Th- Fuck you, god. Some, there's something extremely telling about the fact that so many of our heroes are, like, thieves and yeah. rogue types. Yeah, and, like, like, I mean, that's... We, we love it. And, and America used to be all about that shit. Now I think we're falling into a little bit of a... Do what you're told. Yeah, because I think fall in line and yeah. be a, be a good citizen. Uh, we're getting worn down on. That's most of it. Is because we're getting worn down on. Like, I mean, I guess this is. If I had to guess, the two periods in American history where protest and outrage were at the highest, it has to be yeah. the Vietnam War and now. And yeah, I don't even know. If, now. I don't even know if the Vietnam War still holds the crown on that one because we've been angry and protesting for so long now. It's yeah, it feels di- it's a different kind of anger. It's like a survival anger. In Vietnam, I guess, was sort of that way. I, I don't know. I wasn't alive. No, I guess it was you, sort of you that can't way. Really but, know. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. But it, yeah, I, I think you're. I think you're right. That's why so, a lot of our heroes are like. Like Robin Hood, right? Yeah. Robin Hood's like the ultimate, like, fuck you. Yeah, Robin <laughs> like, Hood's my dude. I fucking yeah. love Robin Hood. Nobody like, doesn't like Robin Hood, right? Like, it's if you don't like Robin Hood, you're like a billionaire or yeah, some if shit. If you don't like you know? Robin Hood, you are Prince John. Yeah, yeah you're a fucking uh, ruthless king if yeah, you don't if like you're, Robin If Hood. you're not Prince John, if you're not a billionaire and you hate Robin Hood, you're the sheriff of Nottingham. Yeah, you're, you're the billionaire's some, bitch. Right, you're somebody's bitch, right? <laughs> <laughs> Robin Hood is like my dude. I fucking love yeah. him. No, I love Robin Hood too. And I've, I've talked about this before, but like 
it blows my mind that there is not a video game where you can rob from the rich and give to the poor. Make it fucking Vice City, but you're Robin Hood. Yeah, like... Just do that. You, like, do it like this. Have, like, a series of villages throughout this, like, game world, right? Yeah. And you, your Open entire world. mission is to do all these different missions to, like, rob from the rich, gain all this money, all this capital, all this, yeah. like, stuff, and you distribute it throughout these villages, right. and they keep getting better and better throughout right. the game. Right, so it's like a Civ game mixed with, like, yeah. an open-world sort of MMO-y type, not MMO, but, like, an RPG-type game. Like, you know, the perfect end game is that these villages gain enough collateral, they gain enough, like, ability yeah. to train their own soldiers to overthrow the king at yeah. the end of the game. It's Simant. It's just Simant with Robin. Pretty much. <laughs> fuck yeah. <laughs> Dude, I'll fucking play the fuck out of that. Sim- Ant with like Skyrim bow and arrow. Yes, Skyrim. That's what I want. Yeah. Oh fuck, dude. Damn. That's a really fucking great idea. So, fucking Kevin Cole, get on that video. There's game, a million dollars for you. Million dollar idea. <laughs> He's super busy. Anyway, <laughs> it's it's wild. Uh, I bet there are so many people listening to this right now who watched iBorg along with us for this uh, this book club podcast. Mm-hmm. And had the same realization we did that like this episode is so overlooked for how good it is. I mean, even we, you and I, both sort of were like, "Oh right, <laughs> yeah, oh right." I forgot. I totally forgot about this. I mean, you could make the you could make the argument that Picard is out of character in this episode, but I disagree. No, I think. I think it's the same argument people, and I know this is, like, going to get me, like, crucified, but it's the same argument with, like, Luke Skywalker in Episode Eight. He has to, sometimes he has to not be perfect. Like, that's, that's people, man, right? And, and Picard has to be not perfect all it's the true. time. I've, like, I've mentioned this before because, like, anytime I ever say I don't like The Last Jedi very much, people are yeah. like, oh, you just fucking hate Luke Skywalker being the way he is. Yeah. But I didn't, I, I, didn't, I yeah. like crotchety old angry Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Uh, I, do I don't like how he got there. Yeah, because um, and I'll well, probably that's get fair. fucking crucified for this because everyone loves the Last Jedi. It's everyone's favorite movie now. We've gone through that Star Wars cycle. I don't where, know what anyone thinks about anything anymore. <laughs> like we went through that Star Wars cycle where it came out and everyone yeah. hated it. Hated it. And now yeah. everyone loves everyone it because there's it. another one to hate. Right. Right. They can shift their focus to whatever else. Yeah. And the thing that I don't like is like there was an an inherentness to Luke Skywalker's character. He wasn't like a master Jedi or anything. He did some right. cool flips or whatever. Yeah. He was still like just like. But, a regular Jedi, like yeah. he's only the ma- grand master Jedi because there's like no That's, Jedi. He's the one, right? <laughs> yeah, he's it. But yeah. like his character was uh, the only reason that the good guys win in the end is because he believes in his father who has killed like so many people, right? Like he's a super right. murderer, right? He's a Captain Picard level genocider, right? Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> he believes in his father, and his father does the right thing and turns right. against the dark side, and right. then and. Uh, the Last Jedi, he's like, I'm gonna murder my nephew. Yeah, he seems, he seems like he likes My Chemical Romance like a little <laughs> bit too much. And I fucking hate that band. I don't like that band, so I'm gonna kill him with my light sword. <laughs> and I don't care for that part, but I fucking love crotchety old Luke yeah. Skywalker. That's a he's a great character. Yeah, I don't so much mind it, uh, 
but I, I can I can see I can see f- from my own and I'm gonna put my own personal I know this is not a Star Wars podcast but from my my own personal now, baby. point of view um, eight had to do a lot of explaining of what was going on almost too much so um, because seven did not explain anything <laughs> seven is like what oh okay we're here okay great like, so what's going on though I understand I understand that that like eight had to do something because seven yeah. se- was seven was all set up there was no yeah. plot there was no no mo- forward momentum the only forward momentum was here are these great characters which is yeah. what saves that movie se- as- seven had this like uh, is like Snoke is in seven, right? And yeah, his big supposed hologram. There's supposed is. to be like the mystery of like who is Snoke, right? Right, uh, right. Um, I hate the character of Snoke just like everyone also, else does, I but I, I hate him because they set him up and do nothing. They just throw. throw well, him they away. Ex- well, they explain him away in nine, and like yeah, I, I guess it's I haven't like, seen it, but I know. But I like, guess it's like kind of okay, but at the same time, it's like, did we? Uh, did we need to go down this weird, like, no. circuitous pathway with no. this character? No, <laughs> like, we did, did not. Yeah. Well, it's like, everyone's like, I fucking hate... Why do you care that they didn't use Snoke? He sucks. Well, he fucking sucks because they didn't use him. Well, he sucks, <laughs> but he's also there. Like, that's the problem, is, like, yeah. he's also there. If he wasn't in the movie, who gives a fuck, right? Yeah, but, like, I, do, I do like that they they kill him because I think that that's Ryan Johnson being like fuck this guy like this character sucks well, you know, he that's sucks my he read. didn't use it but that's my re- but he also didn't Ryan Johnson also didn't invent the character you know what I, this is where I think the odd they where, where Abrams and him are at odds they I think hate they were, each other dude I'm, like, t- I'm, it feels like it when I watch the movies I'm like oh these guys do not like each other I think like when we did the the shoot the shit which you can get on patreon.com slash podcast right now for as little as a dollar where we talked about Star Wars I talked about how this trilogy no matter what the last one is going to be isn't going to work as a trilogy because it's two directors fighting each other for their version of the story to happen yeah but I would I I agree I totally agree with you and I'm not dis I don't that started out sounding like I'm about to disagree with you I'm not I'm not I'm not I just don't think Abrams had it in him to make three movies that were a solid trilogy. Well, here's the I thing. think he has to come in at the beginning or the end, which yeah. is what he did. They and maybe he knew that. They had to have somebody, though, is the thing. You have to have right. someone guiding this. Right. They and had it, executives right. guiding right. this. I agree like, with that. Say, what, say whatever that. you want to say about George Lucas, but right. he was a guiding force. When you watch right. the prequels, those are three movies that sometimes I forget what happens in one and think right. it happens in another because they're super fucking coherent. They're right. one they're one series. I'm not gonna stick up for the the prequels and say that they're like very good movies, but the universe that George Lucas created is amazing. Yeah. And nobody can ever will ever convince me otherwise that George Lucas didn't know what he wanted to do with that universe because it's very obvious he knew what he wanted to do like you have different directors and the the reason why we have different directors because we were originally going to have three separate directors right. for this new trilogy right and the reason why is because they did it the first time and it worked 
Yeah. But they did it the first time because George Lucas guided all of them. Right, because George Lucas, after one, was like, I don't want to go out in the desert anymore. Yeah. <laughs> That's Fuck why. That, right? Yeah. And he guided them. you got to right. have a guiding force behind a trilogy if it's a story. Right. you got to have a story. It does feel like they they didn't really know what they wanted till the end. And, and it, you could argue maybe that they didn't really want to make it be this way either you know what i mean like it it could be any of those things and everything in between or none of those things i don't know but it does you're right it doesn't feel cohesive enough it just it doesn't It's like three separate movies just using the same characters yeah it's it's very odd and and i and i'll stick up for nine i think nine is fine it's yeah, fine. Our, our Discord is literally full of people who think you're insane because you said that. Because I said that? Yeah. Uh, I haven't gone they on They fucking hate that movie, which is, like, crazy to me because, like, it's I would the... sit around with my friends. I haven't seen it. I don't know anything yeah. about it, but they love The Last Jedi. Yeah. And I well, would I love sit around with too. my friends and, like, pick The Last Jedi fucking apart for yeah. fun. And they're doing it for, like, nine now. And they It love doesn't make Jedi. sense to me that people like seven and hate eight. But now it doesn't make sense even more to me that people hate eight and hate nine. <laughs> like I don't understand. Like like what? I just I don't get it, and I don't know, man. I I I would love to talk about. I mean, we should do a shoot the shit about. I mean, if you see it, we could talk about it or whatever. But sure. I would love to like, talk I'm about it. I'm gonna see it like whenever it's available to watch, yeah. not in a theater. Yeah, don't go out of your. I mean, I wouldn't like, go out of my. I lo- way. I like. I feel like I love the original trilogy of Star Wars and then all of the spinoff materials. Yes, yes. And besides that, I'm not really that big of a Star Wars fan. Like, yeah. I don't, like, the prequels set up a great universe and they make great use of it in all, like, the video games and comic books and yeah. books and stuff. Uh, I don't really care for the movies, though. And I feel right. the same way about the new trilogy for the most part. Like, it's the, definitely not, uh, it's. I mean, not. It's sort of unfair because like nothing is ever going to be as strong as the first trilogy, right? No. Like honestly, if they would have just made what I fucking hate to say this, but if they would have just made what JJ wanted with his fucking remakes, like who cares? Right. It's it's a thing. It's a cohesive story. If they would have made right. what Ryan Johnson wanted to do, right, for three movies, it's a cohesive story. It's a cohesive regardless story. of how I feel about right. it, right? But, but and I yeah. appreciate that. Yeah. But but um, mixing it, it up is now, a problem. It's a like it's like in um, it's like in Mario three when you're doing the three things lineup, like the star, yeah. the flower. Holy you shit! Get, this is you the got best a analogy ever made. <laughs> You got a, you got like a mushroom on top and a mushroom on bottom, and that shit stars in the middle, and you're like, fuck. <laughs> That's the best fucking analogy I've ever fucking heard in my life. <laughs> this is fucking genius, dude. That's brilliant. Thank you. Holy shit, you're right. No, you're right, man. You're right. I agree with that. I agree. It, it, it really doesn't matter whether you wanted mushroom or right. star. You, you could like star. You, you could like at right. all. You could like star and you could like mushroom, but they don't go together. Yeah, no. you did not get what you wanted at all, no matter who you are, <laughs> and that's a problem. Yeah, it's not. It's not unlike I Borg, where everyone got what they wanted. Yeah, a good episode. Yes, I love this episode. Um. I forgot how good it was. I feel ashamed of that. I, I feel like I, I feel maybe, a little guilty about that too, honestly. I yeah, I don't know what maybe maybe it says something about maybe you could write like a paper about like 
uh, human like genocide and like what that does. Maybe we like ignored it. Maybe we're like maybe you know what I mean. Maybe it did something to us like psychologically. We don't even know about. I'm gonna um, offer an alternate explanation where I'm still the main character of life and a good guy. Yeah, sure. Why not? Um, the uh, I feel like TNG has so many amazing standout episodes yeah. that it's almost impossible to remember every single one of them when you're going to be talking about a list of the best. That's probably like the the uh, Occam's Razor explanation yeah. that makes the most sense because it's the simplest. There, and I, there I really agree with could that. be something about like the Borg are this faceless enemy to even us, right? They're right. this like all-consuming viral enemy. Yeah, and maybe it makes us look at ourselves a little bit hard. And we don't always like that. Yeah, humans don't care for that. We don't really always want to get up in the morning and do that. Sometimes but, you break your mirror in the morning instead of yeah. looking at yourself, right? Right, yeah. everybody? Yeah, right. You punch it like in SLC Punk, and then you get a disease in your hand. Did you ever see that movie? I have not seen You should movie. see that movie. It's a fucking great movie. I was thinking about Deus Ex, Human Revolution, where like you, you punch a mirror at the beginning of the game, and then every mirror for the rest of the game is broken. It's broken. <laughs> It's cool. I like that. Because they don't want to render mirrors. It takes way too much rendering <laughs> so they power. Just, oh, I thought it was like a symbolic No, they're choice. all broken. Oh, it's they just don't want to render them. They don't want to like fix... Yeah, okay, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, man. I, like, I would suggest to everyone listening to like maybe re-examine your list of favorite episodes of TNG. Star Trek in general, maybe. Because I think iBorg belongs on those lists. Yeah. Yeah, I think it does. I mean, oh god, I mean it's uh, it, it's such a tragedy, not a tragedy. It's such a a thing that happened that this series is so jam-packed full of incredible episodes and then Voyager is like digging in the dirt to find at least 10 good ones, you know. It's, it is a tragedy, honestly. Like, it's, it's amazing yeah. that TNG has so many great episodes, but man, they they could have done so much with Voyager. And it's like, yeah. there's, I feel guilty hating on Voyager like shitting quite on often. It. Yeah, I do too. Because people love Voyager. It's comfort it's, food. It's it's macaroni and cheese yeah. when you don't feel good. That's what it's, Voyager is. And it's because of the characters, yeah. right? There are yeah. certain characters in Voyager that, like, whether they were used correctly or not, are, like, really likable and, right. like, they're characters that you can sort of project yourself onto right. as which well. Is, which is a success in any show. Yeah. Like, that's a success. Absolutely. And, like... Any show that can put you in the shoes of a character, especially a character you don't have a lot in common with, right? Like there are episodes of um, Voyager where, like, I really feel like I'm in the same shoes as like Belana Torres. Right. I have almost nothing in common with right. her except a bit of a temper. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and your ridges on your overall, head are a little bigger. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, you have like two super huge dicks. Yeah, they're really big. Everybody, you yeah. should know that about me, and not yeah. ever think they're small. Cause don't they're ever think head. that because that wouldn't be correct, and you wouldn't want to be incorrect. No, I don't. I don't have just one, and I have two, and they're really big. Trust me. I've seen them. Don't look, <laughs> but trust me. <laughs> don't look. <laughs> don't look. Um, the the Borg in general are a topic that gets overused at a certain point, like, in a, in a way that's not... Health.
helpful to the concept yeah. of the Borg. It doesn't aid in... It doesn't push the narrative of the Borg forward in any way. Right, right. And that's frustrating, and it sort of dilutes the water on how good the Borg are, but... right. There are episodes like this, and there are episodes like the later with Lore and the Borg, and like, of course, Best of Both Worlds, where like you really, really understand that this is like a concept that has legs under it that deserves further exploration beyond like they're just scary villains and we got to shoot right. them with our big guns. Right. They're not the Dalek, right? Like the Dalek are like the Borg of Dr. Who and they're all just like really hard to kill. And that's the whole plot basically. Yeah. Is like, they, they have like an episode where like one of the Dalek like gains emotions. Oh, I th- is, is that like a tenant? One of the tenant episodes? I think that's a tenant episode. Yeah, yeah. I watched like he, those. One of the Borg, like, gains... One of the Borg. One of the <laughs> Dalek, Dalek, like, gain emotions. And I remember that being a really good episode. Yeah, I did like... I do remember that one. Those were all... Those se- those three seasons with him were really good. They were. That's the only Doctor Who I really like. like yeah. Everything else is okay. Well, yeah, I liked yeah. Nine better than a lot of people did. No, the, the first of the new ones, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, that with... Uh, What's his name? Yeah, no, I like that uh, one a lot Christopher more. Christopher Eccleston. Eccleston, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, that one's a lot better than people. It looks cheeseball because it was made in, like, 2002. So, like, yeah. whatever, right? But, I mean, like, I am I watched Common Rider for years. Yeah. So, yeah. like, whatever. I'm used to cheeseball shit with low special effects budget. Yeah. Even in this show, there's a Borg with a fucking toy on his eyeball. <laughs> I love the one with the snorkel in his mouth so much. <laughs> He's going fucking snorkeling later. He's the underwater operative Borg that you get in your Batman the Animated Series action figure pack. Oh my god, Batman the Animated Series with like the 57 Batmans. Dude, I had a Batman that was like striped yellow and black and he was called Camouflage Batman. Yeah, like where is he camouflaged? He's camouflaged when he stands directly in front of the bat signal. He's camouflaged to himself? (laughs) Like... I don't understand. If he's in a lineup of Batman, you can't tell where he is. Is he is he at a Steelers game? Is that why he's camouflaged? <laughs> I don't get it. Is he at a fucking black and yellow, that song in that video? Black and yellow. Yellow, like, black and yellow. Is that where he's? Yellow. I don't know. That's about Pittsburgh. <laughs> it is, yeah. Um, Yeah, Wiz Khalifa's from here. Wiz Khalifa. Love that guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, the the Borger, an overused concept, but man, like that's what I hope. Like I hate to have hopes and dreams for Picard. Yeah, but um, me too. <laughs> that that's my hope for Picard is we finally get that deep examination of the Borg that we've we've had a few times. But yeah. I feel like there's still so much. Cause imagine like being trapped in a hive mind as a like yeah. a machine mind that there's no escape from. Right. That's like psychological horror. Oh yeah, like no, it's height. it's like you're in a coma and and I've been reading a lot of like coma stories lately about people who've been in comas and a lot of them say like, "Oh, I know exactly what was going on." And that's fucking horrifying. Yeah, that to sounds me. terrible. That no, sounds you. worse than most things. <laughs> I just want to be sleepy when I'm in yeah. the coma just to sleep the whole time. Yeah. Also, like, not to go on a yet a third tangent. This is like our sixth in this episode. I was being conservative, <laughs> <laughs> but the the Borg Queen is like a lich, right? And that's yeah. why she's such great 
character and villain is because she's a lich. She's just evil, and she goes away. But you know she's not gone. No, she's still there somewhere, yeah. right? Like, she's around. Like, the Borg, if she was gone, the Borg would be gone, but they're not. So, and like, I, I wonder know. about the origin, right? Like, I'm, I'm not normally one that needs to know the origin of things. Yeah, me like, neither. Origin stories tend to be uh, predictable and bland. They ruin the 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 story most of the time. There's like a mystique to certain things. Yeah, but I feel like I don't feel a mystique about the Borg and like where they come from. Right. I, I just feel a curiosity. Yeah, like a Federation scientist would feel. That's how you yeah. feel. Like, like I want I want to know the origin to better understand the right. entire species. Well, you know like, what would be an amazing show would be or like a, a something, like a comic or some kind of media would be like there's a team of like like Starfleet like experts who are like, "Okay, our job is to figure out where the fuck these things come from." Like, what the fuck are the Borg? Starfleet has sent us to find out about the Borg. Man, where do they come the from? Most dangerous mission that's ever It would be crazy. It'd be like Indiana Jones. You could have like an Indiana Jones Star Trek. Like where they're going to like all these ancient fucking planets and like trying to find like old Borg shit. You know what I mean? Dude, like, I'm, I'm seeing the trailer right now, right? Like they got a, a torch and they hold it up to a wall yeah. and push aside some like hanging moss and there's a Borg cube cut out into the wall yeah. in the stone. Yeah. It's like a little cube, and they have to find like a little Borg like holocron or something, and like put it in there to like, like it's like an ancient civilization who like, like encountered the Borg, and maybe they like, like survived somehow for a long period of time, and the Federation is like, how did they survive? We have to figure this out. That would be interesting. But it turns out like they're the Borg. Oh my god! I just oh wrote a whole my fucking god, show. You ruined it. No one. I just, know, everyone knows the twist. Now. <laughs> I spoiled the entire show before it even got made. <laughs> the yeah, I would watch that show. I think that would be fun as hell. It, it, it probably wouldn't work as a show, but like as like a book maybe like or a something. Short like a mini series. Yeah, that right. would be cool. Although, like knowing how Star Trek is written now, the mini series would be all of the scientists start to hate each other. Yeah, quite a lot. They're all mad at each other, and two of them are sexually frustrated with each other. And yeah, and they yeah. fuck, and it shows like yep. one butt cheek. Yeah, there's like maybe a titty. But it's like a top-down titty, so you kind of can't see the nipple. Well, that was like... I watched The Matrix Reloaded the other day, and I tweeted yeah. about it. But, man, that movie is unbelievably horny. Oh, yeah. No, they're fucking, man. Human beings are like, we gotta fuck, dude. I mean, yeah, think about like, it. They had that big, like, cave dance orgy. And, yeah, the like, cave orgy. Neo and Trinity have, like, sex where you can only see it from one side. Sideways painting sex. <laughs> That's what I call it. Um... <laughs> I see a lot of stuff that like calls Star Trek like chaste, like it's really like uh, anti-sexual or whatever. But like, I don't it's agree not. with that. I do not agree with that at all. Is it not? There's a planet where you can go and just have sex. Yeah, like, everyone that's... just fucks everybody. Like nobody's weird about fucking. That's the thing is that fucking is so not weird that you no longer have to like fill your time like trying to like explain your fucking you know what i mean like you can just go to the holodeck and blow off some jizz whatever no one's gonna judge you for that shit no unless it's like your co-workers right and then it's right then it's like probably fucking weird as fuck but go to ryza and just fucking come in whoever you want 
Nobody they cares. Have, they have every type of birth control in all of existence. So yeah, fine. The whole planet is like every <laughs> every drink they make you has birth control in it. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Uh, they got a warning on everything. If you're <laughs> pregnant or may become pregnant. <laughs> Nah, it's like future birth control where it like just knows somehow. It's like fucking magic, basically. You basically you get a hypo spray of birth control, and you'll never have children, no matter how many times you have sex. Yeah, it's like perfect. You get get a second hypo spray to turn your dick back on. Yeah, turn your your, turn turn your balls back on. Your 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 uh yeah, turn it back on. The little cartoon camp in your balls, like the sun goes whoop up, and, and then the guy goes. <laughs> they raise a uh, a sperm flag, <laughs> and they're like hop 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 hop, and they're like running like in time. They're marching. like running on their tail. <laughs> they have little helmets on. Yeah, and then there's like a sar- a drill sergeant sperm, and he's like, get moving, you bombs. <laughs> Get moving, you bunch of drips. Get it? Get, we gotta get to the vast death fronts before noon. Get it, everybody? Drips. Get it? Get it? Because of cum. Yeah, because of the jism. <laughs> I think we've taken this episode as far as we can. I think we've explored literally everything. Yeah, we've talked about everything that isn't this episode, but you may have noticed that it only happened at the very beginning and the very end because we were so into this goddamn episode. Yeah, this is a great one, man. And uh, I feel ashamed for not sort of... Think, I mean, Rich Masters, like, he's the one who is, like, the soul of our show in if a lot of ways. it wasn't for Rich Masters, right? Yeah, we wouldn't have realized the error of our ways, much like Picard. It's true. He was our Bev, our Bevinator crusher. <laughs> well, hey, only he gets to call her Bev. <laughs> People who don't listen to email are like, what the what fuck? What the fuck what are they talking, talking about? about? Well, you should listen to email. It comes out every Wednesday, every other Wednesday after the original podcast. But if you're a patron, you can get it a week early at the same time the, uh, this podcast comes out. Where would you go if you wanted to become a patron? Patreon.com slash podcast. Hell yeah, for as little as $1 a month, you get access to a Discord full of dope people, extra podcasts, extra art, extra, extra. Read all about it. (laughs) Yeah, it's worth it. You know, I like to thank everybody for tuning in and listening to us talk about iBorg and Star Wars and And uh, Sperm Camps. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we we referenced Sequest. Wow. Se- semen quest. Is that anything? Anyway. Um, is that a thing? Is that a funny thing? <laughs> is that a joke? I don't know. Um, if you'd like to be part of the program, well, then you can get in on our other program that was just referenced called M-Class Email, and we answer your emails and discuss your discussions if you send them in to mclassemail at gmail.com. And you know what would be really cash money of you right now? Hmm. <laughs> Is if you headed over to Twitter and followed at M Class Podcast. Yeah, and if you're on like iTunes, uh, rate and uh, review us. It helps a lot. Oh, absolutely. We're also on Spotify now, so you can review us there too, I believe. Are there reviews on Spotify? I think you can like rank things. I may have invented that, but I believe you can. Invent rankings on Spotify and please give us a good ranking, or I guess if we suck, a bad ranking. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, don't, I mean, do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, we're not your dads. We're not your yeah. two Klingon dads. I'm not trying to be your new Klingon mom. We're not 
you're two, we're not two out of four of your Andorian parents over here. <laughs> Do whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> I'm not your third Denobulan wife. I'm not going to tell you what to do. <laughs> I'd like to give a special thanks to Vitizen for the use of his track Outer Space Race for our theme song. Fuck yeah, it rules. It's super good. Uh, you can follow him over on Twitter at underscore Vitizen underscore, and you can find his music anywhere dope music is sold. Yep. Uh, thanks again for tuning in, and we'll be back in two weeks with more M-Class Podcast and one week with M-Class Email. Bye. Bye. Be good out there. Live, live, pray, love, laugh. <laughs>